All right, welcome back to Going Long on First. What a somber weekend it was. Wait, that's how you're going to start it? We're going to start negative and move on from there? That's how You know, Owen, I just, I have nowhere else to go. This is, I mean, I'm, I mean, Jeremy's going to be the only happy one here tonight. Uh, He he had a good weekend, but we did not. Let's take it down to Atlanta, Georgia where my Eagles just stomped those dirty birds. The real birds stomped the dirty birds. And, uh, you know, I'm going to let you in on a little, a little underknown thing. Devontae Smith caught his first NFL touchdown in the same place that he caught a touchdown in the national championship. Did you guys know that? That's what you wow. call full circle. Give it to me. That is what you call full circle, Seth. The Heisman Trophy winner in his first NFL game catches a touchdown in the same end zone. That he tore up college football, but whatever it is, what it is, you know. Owen, you, you can you can give me the you know the underwhelming wow. We can cry about the Packers, but hey, my Eagles look good, boys. Jalen Rager looks better anyway. Shut your mouth. I'll take them all. <laughs> he, I, I I watched the highlights of that. Might as well jump into the Eagles since we're already there. Um, hey, if we want to go pack first, we can we can start. No, we've, we've already we've already started with the Eagles. We might as well just start there. Might as well. But I, I was gonna say I watched the highlights of it because I didn't watch. Actual game and Jalen Rager made a couple good plays. He had that one uh, little screen pass that he took took pretty far. Looked pretty good to so me. This is, this is what I'll say about Rager. Uh they 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 the offense, we'll just talk as a whole. It was very controlled. Like one thing I noticed from watching all of the games is uh well, all the games I watched. The teams that have the best offense spread you to sideline to sideline. And the Eagles did a whole lot of that. And actually, let me just bring up the stats. But, like, the first, what was it, I think two or three passes right in a row, bang, 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 were little bubble screens to Quez Watkins. I mean, they're just getting the ball out to the sidelines as much as possible. And that's where they really did their damage with Rieger. Like, it wasn't a lot of, like, route running type stuff with Rieger. It was just kind of quick outs to the sideline. He had six targets. He had six catches, 49 yards in the touchdown. The touchdown came on a screenplay, and I mean, what do you know? Lo and behold, the big Aussies out in front of him, blocking downfield. You know, fresh contract, sixty-four million dollars, no big deal. But uh, he's out there making the block for him. He takes it for a touchdown. But uh, just as you look at the stats, you know, Hertz has got three touchdown passes, and their two our three biggest receiving targets moving forward: Devonta Smith, Jalen Rieger, and Dallas Goddard. Those are the three guys that you want to hang your head on moving forward. Um, Actually, Goddard could have had a second touchdown. It kind of ended up being like a funny call, but his Goddard's touchdown came on. Hertz is breaking out to the sideline, kind of extending the play, and then hits him in on the middle of the field, like kind of towards the middle right of the end zone. Big, pretty big play. And then, I mean, just little chips and chunks. You know, Gainwell had a couple catches. Ertz had a couple catches. Ertz missed a lot of like the, I think it was either the end of the second or the beginning of the third with a hamstring thing going on. But, um, I mean, all the way around, Sanders has got 15 carries for 74 yards, just about five yards carry. Hurt. The one thing I'll say to kind of wrap the Eagles offense up is Sirianni made a lot of the right calls. Hurts was very controlled, like very, very controlled. He never at any point looked like a guy that was lost or like in a rush. He went 27 for 35, 264, three touchdowns, not a single, like literally not, not a blemish, like really not a blemish. Um, he had seven carries for 62 yards. 
Um, he, had, he actually took one sack, and it was really impressive for, like, a negative play. The dude had the ball in one hand, and, like, the defender hit him right in the arm, and he just freaking eagle talent on it, Seth. Eagle talent on it. Did not let that ball go. Very impressive play. But all the way around, Kenneth Gainwell, he had a rushing touchdown. We had three – we had our two rookies catch uh, – score up on the rookie, their, you know, their opening game. I mean, Gainwell's was pff, wide open. But, um, you know, on the last pod, the one thing I really kind of preached was for this game is the Eagles offensive line and the Eagles defensive line versus, you know, the Falcons offense and defensive line. And we just dominated it. Like, uh, there was really no pressure from Atlanta's defensive line. And when it when it did come, it was, you know, Hurts was kind of getting out of the pocket. And it was guys, you know, making effort plays, not just beating dudes. Um and then as far as the defensive line, Javon Hargrave had two sacks. Fletch could have had three. There was three of them where he was right in the face of Matt Ryan. And, I mean, he was right there, just didn't end up making the play. Um, Hassan Ridgeway had a sack. Um, we ultimately only came away three. There probably could have been five or six, like, easy ones. I mean, tackle for loss, there was six of those. It, the Eagles' defense showed what they're, what they're looking like they're going to be. Um, nobody in Atlanta really did. Atlanta's first two drives were pretty good drives. They just didn't do anything on them. That was their two, their two field goals. Um, you know, my one thought kind of coming out of the game was, man, Matt Ryan needs to just get the hell out of Atlanta. Cause yeah. it, at this, it ain't, it ain't it anymore. I mean, their offensive line just can't support the guy. It's too bad. Cause I mean, Pitts went four for 31. I mean, up until the fourth quarter, I think he was actually like two for 21. Like there was just nothing. Kelvin Ridley never got open. Like he just never, these guys weren't really doing anything. It, it seemed like, uh, like I said, I didn't watch the game. I just saw the highlights. But what I saw is Philly just dominated the fronts, like Dominate. offense and defense. Like, like you mentioned, gave Matt Ryan like no time to do anything to, yeah. to push it downfield, which is, that's kind of like Atlanta's MO. They like to push the ball down the field with those big play guys. Um, even losing Julio, they're still going to do with Pitts and um, Ridley, but they couldn't do that on Sunday. Yeah. They, they, you know, it just was, uh, it turned into kind of like a battle of attrition for them where towards the end of the game, they just, they didn't have the horses to put up with the Eagles horses at the end of the day. The Eagles, they'll if they continue to play like this every week, they'll take the NFC East just simply off the fact they have just a very dominant offense and defensive line. And if Hertz can just make it week in and week out like this, just making, you know, basically blemish, blemishless football. And I mean, Miles Sanders looked good. I mean, the run game looked real good. And uh, Hertz just, he looks, that's the one where my head keeps on going back to he just He looks so in control the whole time. And uh, he looked very poised. I mean, he's going to be on addition all year long. And I mean, yep. if it goes like this all year long, Eagles are going to be a good football team. Last question for you, Jeremy, before we move on. You disappointed that I took Herbert yet? You know, here's uh here's my my little bit of uh I'm losing the word here, but here's my little bit of like eagles, you know, like you don't walk under a ladder, black cat type stuff. Um I used to always in fantasy football take a lot of eagles, and it always felt like well, that was during the Chip Kelly era. <laughs> So, I mean, that's probably part of it. But more recently, and I mean, especially in the Super Bowl year, I just don't touch Eagle players in fantasy. And it seems like it brings good juju to me and my football team. Um, so, no, I'm probably happy with it because I feel like uh, it probably helps Seth. So, 
Probably. When the Eagles ultimately, you know, go on some crazy terror this year, Hurts wins MVP and we won the Super Bowl, I need to come back to when you drafted Herbert and thank you. All right. I'll take part of the Super Bowl trophy then. Yeah. You, if you could buy stock into Philly, I mean, the bandwagon's always open if you want to come over. I mean, week one was good to me. It wasn't to y'all. We'll see how week two goes, but uh exactly as much as I as much as I just can't stand a happy fan this week, Seth. I do have to uh let me empty my notebook for this game really quick. I got Jalen Hurts eliminated all quarterback controversy. There was still some lingering conversation in the offseason for some reason. He looks good. He's gonna be the starter. He's the guy. Uh Devontae Smith, also the guy, comes as advertised. Jalen Rager. Is he a guy that's a dude? He's the dude that's the guy in Philly. Jalen Rager comes away with just as many receptions as Devontae Smith, which wasn't quite expected. So Rager coming along just as Jeremy had hoped. Um, uh, I have, yeah, like you said about Miles Sanders, maybe a fantasy pickup option. Kenny Gainwell is the defined backup in Philly. Boston Scott did not get a carry so much as a touch, so much as as a play even. So uh, and then, so the Eagles were rolling. Atlanta, it's going to be a tough year. I thought there was a little bit of hope. Man, it's it's not good. Well, if that front seven, the offensive line plays like that again, like plays that week in and week out, if that's how it's going to be, then they're not going to have a chance. No, hope. I mean, Philly's, Philly's got a great front seven, but it's like, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are just going to take advantage of that. If that's all yeah. you have to do. Yep. You know, yep. three things to what Owen just said. Thing one, Rager and uh, Smith do very different things for guys that are kind of similar. They're like small in stature, but fast guys. Devonta is like that Marvin Harrison, Will Fuller, like route running, get me the ball on like a fade route type guy, you know? Rieger is like that, get him the ball in space, and he's going to make a play. Rieger's that dude's rocked up. Like he's actually a very, very well-built guy. Um, to what you said about the running back situation, like you said, Boston Scott didn't even touch the ball. Like uh, Kenny Gainwell is playing, you know, he's doing literally what I always forget the guy in Indy's name, uh, the running back that kind of the pass catcher over there. But that's Hines. what Heinz, that's what Sirianni, like that's what he sees there. Kenny Gainwell, so this is something I've probably never mentioned before. He's actually cousins with Fletcher Cox. So this dude is like, he knows what he's getting himself into. You know, he understands like the professional game for the most part. Um, the one thing off that Jordan Howard's still on our practice squad. Like we still have a dude that led the NFL or was second to Zeke a couple years ago, like another good player. So it makes me wonder if we're going to be part of maybe one of these, like, you know, maybe if Baltimore wants another guy, maybe if the Niners want another guy after injury, you know, like, or maybe, you know, one of these other teams that wants a guy, maybe we're going to make a trade because we got four horses in the stable. We only need probably two of them, you know, at the way it looks. Um, and then the last thing I was going to say is, so what you said about Hurts, Owen, it reminds me, and this is going back into like my early Eagles days, but he reminds me of like all of the good things of McNabb. Like that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of the good McNabb. McNabb was the type that like he'd hit like a 70-yard bomb in triple coverage for some reason, like right in stride, perfect throw, but then he wouldn't hit the out route, like a five-yard out. Like McNabb wouldn't hit that. And then McNabb like – Sometimes in the pocket, he seemed way too crazy with his feet and like he was just jittered. And then, uh, like, Hertz is just always so calm, cool, and collected. Like, he reminds me of all of the good of McNabb. And it's like a similar play style to where it's like 
he's like McNabb in the sense of like, Hey, this dude can take off and run all damn day long. I mean, he proved it at Alabama. Um, but he wants to throw first. And that was McNabb's MO is like, Hey, I'm an athlete, but like, I want to throw the ball. And that's, what's exciting about Hertz. Cause he, he's like McNabb 2.0, but better in my opinion, you know, already. Yep. Maybe a little bit too high a praise, but go ahead. Not, so not peak McNabb, but like early McNabb. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's, oh, let's, let's run through this Packer game real quick. Like Man, you said do we before. Have to? You know, Let's do it. I, I feel like do it. I feel like we just need to just let out some of the frustrations and then we can move on. So can I go okay. first? No, go f- no, you can't. Oh. So Seth go Seth gets to go ahead first. <laughs> I, I really don't have much to say. Like you were saying before we started, there's really not much to say other than what LaFleur said, what Rogers said, what pretty much everybody on the Packers had already said was that it's just it was an absolute embarrassment. That Rogers said it's just it's just one game. I mean, one game. You know, he's right there. You know, I'll I'll take that's the positives. The is there are sixteen one other game. there are sixteen other games to go before. 17. Oh no, no, you got that right. My bad. Yeah, My yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Come on now. My bad. Sixteen to go, and it's only one. Now, if this was week five or week six, and this happened again, then I'd be worried. I'm I'm not worried yet. Owen, I don't know if you're not worried or worried. I don't know. But I'm not going to be the overreaction Monday like they always do. The first Monday after week one is these are the best teams in the league. These are the worst teams after one game. I'm not going to go there. It, yeah, like I said, if this happened a couple weeks on the road, then I'd be there. But same, the same, it's not like they were playing the Texans. By the way, Texans look good. We'll get into them in a minute. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I just – it was bad. Both sides of the ball, especially the defense to me, just looked like they didn't even care to play. It looked like a team that was not ready to play at all. That, that's my biggest thing. I think some preseason reps would have helped, especially for the offense, because uh, Rodgers and the offense did not look – they did not click. They didn't look on time. It just was sloppy. Obviously, Rodgers throwing two picks. One of them is kind of excusable. The other one, I just don't know, understand why. Um, I, to me, it was the defense more than the offense. I mean, it, it reminded me of the Niners NFC Championship game two years ago when they just ran all over them. That's what the Saints did. They ran all over them, nearly 200 yards. Jameis barely had to throw the ball. I mean, he threw five touchdowns, but he threw the ball like 20 times. So. Yep. It's just they had the team. The team had more rushing yards than Jameis had passing yards. Yeah, which you wouldn't even think of it like that, but that's how it went. Um, the Packers, to me, are a very heady team. They have the, they have their leaders. They all preach meditation and stretching out and good mindsets. Now, what happened here is they came out so fucking slow and calm that. The Saints just jumped out. They got a quick lead. Some things weren't going right, and then it was just – the ball just kept rolling. The defense had to spend the entire first half on the field. There was three drives by the offense. All of them were three and outs, and except for the very, very, very end of the half when they were able to drive down and get a nice field goal. They're only points of a game, okay? Saints, not that they don't look good because they do. They look like a, a wild card team for sure. Um, 
Packers just didn't even give them a game. It's at, it's at one point when they're talking about the heat in Jacksonville, and that was the big stress of, of all week, like get your hydrate. LaFleur's talking about making sure your piss is clean. We don't want, we don't want to be dehydrated out there. Well, uh, what you could have done, LaFleur, is uh, run plays a little bit better, get the offense better prepared, because then the defense, while they weren't playing great at all, they still had to spend nonstop play after play after play getting just drowned out. And I mean, when you're, when you that far behind in possession time, even on a day that isn't beating you down with sun, your defense is going to be fucking gassed, which this happened week one, just nonstop rolling the ball. And then once it got to that point at half, it's like, wow, this really sucks. There's probably some guys, like I said, it's a very heady team. That's how it's that's how it's led in that locker room. Um, it's like, okay, well, I, we know how this is going. Some players probably didn't, probably kind of starting to save themselves. And in any little little ray of sunshine that we got, the big Zedarius sack on Jameis, or not sack, but forced interception in the red zone. That ends up getting called for uh, roughing the passer was just trounced out. That was just kind of a layer on the cake for the second half, like that type of thing happening nonstop. So, not worried. It it blows for sure. It wasn't fun to watch, and I watched all of it. Yep, same. <laughs> I did too, except like the last. I saw I think like a couple plays from Jordan Love, and then I was done. I. Uh, I had to drive back home because I was at my um, met up with family for week one. You know, all excited. We're all ready to go. Grilling out, getting the band together, families together. Week one, we're pumped. We're excited. And then just immediately just pops the balloon. Just, yeah. You know, I even had some hope at halftime, like you were mentioning. Um, I had some hope at halftime because they drove, didn't quite have enough time to score that touchdown. Mason Crosby hits the field goal. Like, they're getting the ball back at halftime. They're going to go down, which they did. They went down right there, and then that's where Rodgers throws the pick. And then kind of after that is when it was like, yep. It's his little his little story to it was that, you know, he's like, I don't like to make excuses for interceptions. It's some are your fault. Some are, some are my fault. Some are just happen, and they're no one's fault. This one, I got double tapped in the nuts right before releasing that ball. Otherwise, I'm pretty confident I get that ball to Devontae, whether he scores or not. Uh, but, yeah, it was just a comedy of errors for anybody with a Packers G on their helmet. So I just want to jump in as uh, the, the middle ground here. Um, now I'll allow it. One thing, one thing, Jeremy. Yep. I'm sick of you bashing Rodgers. Before, <laughs> before we even started, he's sitting there bashing Rodgers to me. You want to know the, the best part about this, Seth? I'm not even coming after Rodgers with any of this. My main, my main takeaway was, like, the Eagles were one of the most prepared-looking teams all, all, all week one. Like, the Eagles looked very prepared. The Packers were one of the teams where I was like, these people, don't, they don't look prepared at all. Yep. Like, this yep. team doesn't look ready. That was very play. evident, yes. Um, and it was like, man, like, the Saints – it wasn't even so much that the Saints looked like they were so much more prepared. They just looked like they wanted the game more. That was what I, I was kind of thinking. Like, go ahead. I was going to say, you would think, at least with the prepared level, you think it would be flipped because everything that's happening with 
the Saints right now with New yep. Orleans and being moved to every which location. I can New see them wanting this. Yep. And they said it afterwards. They said this game was for New Orleans. Like we wanted this for them, which I like I understand that. But it's like still, it, you would think the more prepared team would be the Packers because of everything that's surrounding us. Oh yeah. You know, you're same quarterback, same coach, you know, your, your big time receiver last year, like it's all kind of coming together for the Packers where you were like, just build off of the year before. And then it was just like totally just laid an egg. And what it started off as like, this team doesn't look prepared. And then it was like, it was quick. Like there was one play Jameis just rolls out to the right pump fakes and then takes off on like an eight yard first down. And I was like, this dude looks like he wants to win this game. Like he really looks like he'll do anything just to win this game. But that was kind of like the theme of the the whole game is like the saints just look like they want it. And then it real quickly just snowballed to where it was like, Oh shit, we're not doing anything. You know, our defense isn't stopping anybody. We don't even know who to cover. I mean, when you look at the stats, there's not a guy on the saints offense that's got more than three receptions. Not one guy. There's only 15 receptions. Well, they ran the ball. They just ran the ball. That's all they did. That's all they needed yeah, to do. That's the thing, though. It's like he threw five touchdowns. And honestly, what's so crazy is, so there's a stat. Winston is the first quarterback in the modern era to throw five touchdowns under 150 yards. Yep. What's so crazy is, like, two or three of the touchdowns were, like, big throws. Like, pretty long throws, too. Like, 30, 40 yards or more, you know? And then he just kind of chunks you guys up. Elvin Kamara, the dude just looks so effortless running the ball. That was part of it. It's like, not, what's crazy is they didn't even have a rushing touchdown, but they were just moving. Winston had a couple of big runs. Tony Jones had a couple of big runs. But Seth, right around the same point of what you said when they drove down and Rodgers threw the pick, what kind of – I was like, okay, the game's over at this point. Zadarius on that stupid, like, roughing the passer. Yeah, that was that ridiculous. Could have been, been an ridiculous. And I was like, if that doesn't happen and you pick it off, maybe the momentum swings back in your direction. Not yeah, even for a like, win, but for like at least points on the board, like a 28 yeah. to, to 13 type of game. Some offensive momentum. But the two big things is when you look at the receiving stats and Jameis' stuff, it's like, goddamn, like who do, you, who do you actually cover, you know? And as bad as the Packers' defense was playing and as unprepared as they looked, like who do you, who do you cover? You don't know who to really key on. And then the other thing was – Rodgers was averaging under five yards a completion. Like, yeah, it was not guys, good. It wasn't good. You guys just couldn't move the ball. And he had, it was under 60 yards passing at half. Like, holy yeah, shit. Again, like, out of, but that's out of like 12 plays total. Yeah. Like yeah. 12. You know. They couldn't, there was no, no op. I'm pretty sure uh, Winston had as many attempts as the Packers had placed in the first half. Yeah. It was just, they were chunking pretty you guys sad. Up. Yeah, they were chunking you guys up. And I mean, it was just a mixture of the Saints really wanted this game. You guys didn't. <laughs> That's just That's simply what it, what it was. Like. And like I told you pre-pod, Seth, like, it takes me back to the whole Aaron Rodgers relax thing. It's like, man, you're too freaking relaxed. Like, first F, you're too fucking relaxed. Like, let's, let's win a goddamn game out here. Like, yeah, it's week one, but hey, it's the NFL. Every game matters, man. You know, this game yep. could come back. Bite you guys in the ass, you know, standings Good. at the end of the season. Owen, oh, I got one thing, one last thing for you. Dark one thing that in. drove me nuts, I'm sure it was for you too. A lot of Packers fans is what are we doing with Kevin King? 
Huh? Seth, you'll never, it'll never make sense to you. Even if it did make sense, you're, you've gone past the point of no return, but you're absolutely right. I think it's time. Um, I, I said it after the NFC championship game and then they bring him back for cheap, for cheap. He shouldn't be. And it, we all knew this was going to happen. He was going to start the first couple games probably until Eric Stokes kind of proved he was just a better guy. Um, I think what came out is that we know exactly what Kevin King is. Even after this full offseason, like nothing's changed. He's still a serviceable level replacement type corner in the league. And Eric Stokes has at least a big bright side to him. The, the couple plays Stokes was in, he, he made a couple of nice plays. He, he didn't play much, but he, he made a couple was, of nice plays in there. He was about the only defender fired up to be there. And uh, and I noticed, too, is the plays that Zadarius was in on, which were only like a third of the plays because he's coming back from injury, he was also – uh, at least had some energy where yeah the rest of the game not yep. um so i mean it, it's again it's like it's a throwaway game there's really nothing to take away from it except yeah yeah yep yeah, exactly yeah all right let's run through because we're already running along here for this part uh so let's run through some of these other games here relatively quickly because there's other games we want to get to we always talk long on the packers eagles obviously we all we all know that there but and Unless we don't are, apologize for it. We don't. <laughs> but then we just got to make it up somehow. So this is us trying to make it up. So, all right, let, let's start in Houston. Uh, Houston Jags, Trevor Lawrence, first pro game, pro game that, that matters. Houston, well, you know, we, uh, we all know the, the, the train wreck that was the offseason for the Houston Texans. Uh you know, Houston comes out and uh, puts a good whooping on them. Nobody expected this. I mean, I, I don't think anybody expected the Jags to to put out the, the Texans, um, but certainly nobody expected what happened to happen. Houston wins yes. 37 to 21. That's Deshaun uh, Watson who? That's almost as bad as uh, the Packers getting beat. Sorry, I'm done. Um, yeah. Uh, quick oh, I note. feel that. I feel that. Quick. Quick note, we were all right. We all agreed that the Eagles would would uh, stay within three of Atlanta. They blew them out. We were all wrong on the Packers, thinking that they'd beat the Saints by four and a half, obviously. And we this is another game we, we all agreed on, but we were all wrong. This was never the play, ladies and gentlemen. We shouldn't have gave this advice. Jacksonville is also going to be one of the worst teams in the league, along with Houston. At least Houston's a little bit frisky, and they showed that. Uh, Definitely. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence will be good later this season. Not right now. Did not look that great. And it's not necessarily his fault. Uh, I don't know why my first instinct is to be like, there's a lot of weird stuff going in the locker room against urban right now. Oh. And I just, I just don't know why I put any faith in them to win a game in the first half of the season based off of his uh, figuring out how to even coach an NFL team. Yeah, it was. Uh, Go ahead, Seth. I was just gonna say I was just impressed with Tyrod. Like I didn't expect yeah. anything from him. I didn't expect anything from that offense. And I mean, it's not like the Jags have this great defense or anything, but it, it, they do have some talented players on that side of the ball. So I didn't expect the Houston Texans to do anything. But come out and score thirty-seven points. Tyrod looked good. That rushing attack looked pretty good too. Mark Ingram, I mean, had some decent numbers. Uh, average wasn't there, but overall had good numbers. I yep. mean, it just, 
I was just surprised by that. Like that yeah. really took me back more than anything was how good Tyrod looked. Tyrod, who was a stopgap quarterback for his last four teams, pretty much his entire career. Yeah. Well, just the Bills were just waiting for Josh Allen to be good. Uh, the Browns were just waiting for Baker to take the reins, and then the Chargers. They Let's literally be honest, had the Browns. The 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 Browns sabotaged him. They stabbed him in the. And the kidney. Exactly. The Chargers had to force him out by stabbing him in, in, in the lung, nope. in the lung to have Herbert in there. But now there's no one behind him that needs to come up. It's this is his season. I mean, nope. even if the Houston, even if Houston's tanking a little bit, he can at least go off. Finally. Yeah. You know, the one thing I want to say about this is Owen oh, Lakey said, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we'll see. You know. The guy's got all the talent in the world. I mean, he just turned the ball over way too much, obviously. Um, I'll come back to the Jags because there's so much to say about the coaching thing there. Um, the thing about the Texans is where we were probably dumb about it is, like, Tyrod Taylor, as much as he is a stopgap quarterback, like, he's a guy that's going to hold hold it down in the meantime. Exactly. Mark Ingram, another old head like that. Brandon Cooks, another guy like that. Danny Mendola, like, they've got guys on this team that are, like, are going to not screw the game up. You know what I mean? These guys are not going to lose you a game. So it's like, they'll probably be frisky in the South. I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak a game out. Shit, if the Texans win the AFC South after the way this week went, wouldn't surprise me. Carson Wentz sucks. They're leading the division right now. The the Titans, I mean, the Titans look like they're like like a game away from being a total mess. And then uh, if Julio keeps on making these stupid plays, who knows? But I mean, what if the Texans win the division? You know, wouldn't that be something? Like, but... Like I was saying, they got guys that are not going to lose the game. They're just not exactly difference makers that are going to beat a team like the Chiefs, the Browns. You know what I mean? They're not going to put up crazy points, although 37 is quite a bit. But they're the type of team that could take a game away from a top team like that in the regular season. Yep. That's why I'm saying, like, hey, I might – the Texans, they're not a bottom five team to me after this because, I mean, they they look – like you said, Owen, Frisky is, like, the best way to explain it. They've got dudes that are guys that could make, like, a mess out of some games. And – uh I'm a lot higher on him after this game, like actually seeing it come together. Like I said, Tyrod, Mark Ingram, those guys, they're not going to lose your games. Jacksonville's like big question mark because there's something every day about Urban. Like there's so many guys in the locker room that are just like not jiving with this turkey. Like what's going on? Like is he going to be like Nick Saban, Bobby Petrino, 2, 3.0? Like yes. what's going on? They just can't stand Yikes. this guy. Nothing's really come out to explain what they can't stand about him. Other than the fact of just who he is pretty much as a person, as it sounds like. But, uh, I mean, there's there's something every day. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and then plus USC just fired their head football coach, so maybe Urban's it taking was, the season already. So, apparently Bellamy, Chiefs offensive coordinator, yep, is the favorite. Yeah, saw that one, yep. He's supposed to be the favorite, but wouldn't it be something if Urban's like, sayonara, suckers, I'm out of here, going to California. Such, such a – oh, gosh – such a mess in there with a little bit of hope that they had and getting their quarterback. And now, you know, we all I, knew urban was destined for some sort of mess at the end of this. It, it makes you wonder it one like, and done for urban. Ooh. Is Are we going to overreact on this Shiver. and say one and done for urban? Yes. I, say it. Do it down. Here's I'm not my, saying early, oh. my, my day early wild Wednesday takes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is the coach that doesn't make it out of the season. Cause I mean, there's so many rumblings coming out of this locker room. And what's crazy is it's not like a super veteran roster. Like there's a lot of young guys that you think would probably still jive with like an, uh, like a college coach, but it just ain't going over well there. So wouldn't surprise me if he's the guy out. 
Yikes. All right. Let's move on. We got a couple other, I mean, we'll, we'll get through some more, but the other one I yeah. wanted to touch on big one, uh, big game was the thriller in Casey and Cleveland. What a game that was. Cleveland uh, goes out early, takes the lead. And then, you know, Casey Mahomes does what they do and uh, fires back, um, takes the lead at the end. And man, what an ending to that game. What a game in itself. It maybe was the best game of the week. Owen kind of called it last week. Second game, second best. Yeah, you might be right. Anyways, but Owen called it last week and said this is probably going to be the best game of the week. And it pretty much was for the most part. But top three for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, what a game. What a game. Mahomes takes it, but the Browns looked real good in a loss, but they still look good. Seth, I want to throw I want to throw a stat to you guys. Yeah. Since Tim Couches was drafted in 1999, the Cleveland Browns in season openers are 121 and one. That's how like it's just they're like a snake bitten franchise. But oh, and I'll let you jump in. Ooh, Seth and I agreed that the Browns would at least keep it close, if not win this game. Jeremy said, as long as Mahomes is on the field, I'm hoping they crush any team that they play. Seth and I get the win on this one, staying within the five-and-a-half line, keep it within four. But it was really back and forth. Uh, it was a clean game for the most part. I know Baker only – he had the interception, no touchdowns, but it's like – when you got Nick Chubb running like that, like why not just let him finish every single drive? Um, him and Hunt, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Uh, Jarvis Landry with a rushing touchdown too was just like, okay, we're really throwing it all out there. I mean, Tyreek Hill, like I said last week, he's the type of guy that you want in your DFS lineups because he's going to win when he has these big weeks like this, 197 yards and touchdown. Crazy play, by the way. Uh, Mahomes basically admitted to it. He's like, yeah, it's like when you get in trouble, just chuck it down there, Tyreek, somewhere. Like, you'll find it. Yeah. He's a little, I mean, he's a little Mahomes guy, has but... been doing that for, what, the last three, four years? Just I'm chucking it deep like words. that? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, both teams. I mean, as much as the Browns fans would be like, oh, here's another week or here's another year with a, a week one loss, the, this is a good team. This is – it's cemented, even in a loss, it's cemented at what we all – thought was going to happen this is a very very good team i wonder if they'll uh make anybody's top five later on even in a loss mm, questionable maybe. but maybe we'll see you know it took me back It'd be to, interesting it took me back to when uh the chiefs come back on the texans years back in the playoffs um what's so crazy is cleveland had this game going into the fourth quarter they just had to close it out and uh it's just Cleveland's roster is really good to everything you guys just said. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt was doing a lot of everything. Like he was on the he was on the field more than than uh, Chubb late in the game. But then what it come down to is just like too little, too late. And then Baker he gets gets hit from behind and underthrows it and it gets picked off to close out the game. But I thought it was over. I thought Cleveland wrapped it up when uh, Clowney and uh, Garrett when they combined on that sack of Mahomes. I was like, yes, I, it's done. I'm like, this is done. The Browns are going to clean it up. And then, uh, what do you know, Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes, they just start doing their bullshit. And it's just like, hey, just go run something. I'll make up some crap back here and throw you the ball. And it works. He's, like, literally just works. I mean, this not, but. might be a little transition into the Monday night game, but uh, on the Manning 
the Manning Bros simulcast of the Monday night game last night. They had Travis Kelsey on. He he said the same thing. He's like, I just yep. make, make some shit up sometimes. And uh, it's super obvious. Like, everyone knows we're doing it, but that's why it's unguardable. It um, is. It's You don't know. You really, like, you don't know what to worry about because you don't – they don't even know what they're going to do. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and, that's, and, and you brought up the, the Garrett and Clowney play. That was the one play I watched, and it's the one thing – Wondering if Clowney was going to be able to capitalize on uh, the attention that Garrett was going to be given and have those one-on-ones and take advantage. Seeing Garrett and Clowney collapse onto a quarterback like that is poetry in motion and exactly what needs to happen for the Browns this year. So uh, I'm glad it happened. Go Brownies. So I just want to throw out one more thing. Um, Did you guys hear Mahomes' September stats? Did not. Well, actually, I have. He's undefeated in September, right? Or something he's like that? He's undefeated in September. He has not thrown an interception in September. And he's got, like, after this game, 38 touchdowns in September. The dude literally owns September. And, you know, I don't remember who it was that call I call him Mr. September. I, honestly, the stat, I wish I had him. I don't have the stats, but they were kind of uncanny. Um, he's got, like, 47 starts. He's, like, I think it's undefeated. Some crazy stat. And then uh, the amount of touchdowns to no picks, to no picks. It's just wild. But um, he averages over 330 yards. Here we go. I got it. So in the month of September, he averages 330 yards, has thrown 35 touchdowns. This is before the game. And then he's 11-0. and So now he's 12-0 and with 38 touchdowns, and he's still throwing 330 yards a game. Like, just wild. Like, the one thing I heard towards the end of the game, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, we might be watching like the Michael Jordan of the NFL right now. Like this guy, he's, he might be the best quarterback ever. Like he's that good. And I mean, every week seems to solidify that at this point. It really does at this point. And like what better situation to be in than to have Andy Reid be your head coach. Like, I don't know if you could really pick a better coach to be there as far as somebody that's just going to mastermind an offense and like, just be a great head coach. And then the situation around him with Travis Kelsey I mean, they're turning into one of the best one-two duos ever, you know. And then as we're watching, like, Gronk and Brady walk their way out of the league, Kelsey and Mahomes are just really hitting their their stride. You know, like, Mahomes is really just hitting probably his prime. He's still a young guy. And then you throw Tyreek in there, it's like, what do you this – is, this is the next 10 years of the NFL, you know. Oh, and yeah. like I said, might be he might, we might be watching Michael Jordan right now in the NFL. Which I'm, yeah, which is just wild to me. Yep. All right. Owen, how quickly can we run through the rest of these games? Really quickly on the Monday night game. Like, ESPN yeah, you're gonna, right. We should bring that up. You really should. quickly. Yep. ESPN's going to have to pay Peyton, or they're going to have to pay Peyton and Eli so much goddamn money because that simulcast was incredible. Perfect. I, 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 I was, uh, I missed that, unfortunately. I didn't get to uh, listen. Watch, to watch some clips. Uh, you'll start laughing immediately. Uh, Peyton, Peyton and Eli were arguing over a wild over a Twitter commenter, actually PFT commenter. Of oh, pardon my take, like how to spell prescription. They're just and Eli every like Peyton would be serious for a while, and every time Eli would be like, "Yeah, but what about your big old forehead?" Oh, like I bet you couldn't get that helmet on. Like, oh, they don't make double XL helmets anymore. When he had the Ravens uh, helmet, on. when he had the Ravens helmet on. Seth, what I'll tell you is those two alone was great. But then it's when they started bringing people on, Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson. And, like, right at the end of the game, Seth, like I told you pre-pod, 
when that touchdown happens at the end of the Raiders game, just watching Russ's watching his reaction was like great. Cause he's just like, it wasn't the excitement of, Oh my God, the Raiders just won. It was the, what the hell is that corner doing? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it, yep. it, exactly. It brings a whole, and like Owen said with Travis Kelsey, just making up plays, it brings a whole different level of insight into like the player's mind. And I like, Owen, like you said, ESPN literally can't pay these guys enough. No, no, they're in trouble. And, uh, and Roger said as much too on the McAfee show today. Um, he's like there, I mean, that that's the perfect way to have to watch a game is to watch those guys talk about it. Cause that's how we all, think about it we're not like yep. you know we're riding the wave a little bit like fans but we're thinking about coverages and what personnel and decisions that are made coaching wise so it was yeah it was truly truly special the one um, thing the, I wanna, the one thing i want to add to that real quick is uh the reporter for the browns was talking about how romo when he talks about mahomes how he's just so over the top for him right and like he, he said he's like two Browns games in a row, you know, the playoffs and then now it's kind of hard to watch like, or listen to Romo just like just salivating over at Mahomes. But uh, the one thing I'd add, like, cause Romo's good. Romo's a really good, you know, announcer. I would love to see Peyton and Eli do a Mahomes game. That that'll be interesting. Like a big time Mahomes game. Well, next week you're going to have uh Rogers versus the lions. So you'll get a little bit of breakdown on Rogers via Manning style. It'll be interesting. To listen to him talk about golf, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, it is. Well, it will be, honestly. Um, but the game itself was probably my favorite game of the, of the week. Just an overtime thriller so with some weird shit happening nonstop. Lamar looked great until he started fumbling. Three fumbles for Lamar is until he big. didn't. Exactly. Had the big fumble there at, at the end to turn it over, have Derek Carr win the game. Derek Carr, not the best quarterback in the world, but. Dude's got a hell of an arm, though. God damn, I was I understand. He, why they he don't made some pretty him. throws last night. Sorry. Yeah. I just I I watched a lot of the game. I I think I mean you're right. He's not the best quarterback in the world, but I think he's upper echelon, but he made some pretty throws that I was like, dang, that's nice. As I want like, to jump in on what he just said, because you were talking about Peyton when I think it was Lamar's throw to Watkins, and then right away Peyton just made a comment about the throw, like holy what a throw on a rope, you know. And it was just like quite a bit of arm talent in that game. Like, especially at the end there where Derek Carr was just making these freaking laser throws and like Lamar made a couple big throws and it was just like, damn, these guys both got a lot of arm talent, but it just seems like the two of them never bring it all the way together in a season, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, other than that, fantasy wise, uh, Lamar looks great. He's running the ball. Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray split carries and split touchdowns. So that'll be an interesting one to look at. Make sure you pick up Murray if you have not in your league. And then Darren Waller, like, led the league with 19 targets. Like, that guy is a Insane. reception machine. Yeah. Yeah, he blew it up on my fantasy team. No big deal. Yeah, You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, yeah, let me get the the be- let me get the record on that one. We all picked Baltimore, and we were all wrong on that one. But I don't mind because it was a good game. It was. Um, it was. I Like I texted you guys last night, uh, we were talking a little bit. I was like, when, when um, that football went through Snead's hands and it was intercepted, and I was like, well, this is probably going to be the game. I was like, I feel so bad for Carr in that situation because he gets so much flack for not coming up big in those kind of situations. And he puts it right on the money, right through Snead's hands, and I thought that was it. But he was fortunate enough that Lamar returned the favor. 
Yeah. Well, he can't. Yeah. He can't help that Willie Sneed's wearing a Ravens jersey underneath that Raider one. He probably Sick, was. Probably, probably was. All right. Now to go through the rest of the games quickly, I'll limit it to a time. I'll give one game to each guy and just spit hey, some thoughts out. I want Vikings. That's my only request. Start off with the Vikings and the Bengals, Perfect. which was a great game to watch. Cincinnati came out great. I got uh, Jeremy and Seth both picked Minnesota to win by over three points. I was the lone better on Mr. Cincinnati over there. So, Jeremy, take it away. Lo and behold, Seth, we're, uh, we're disappointed like every Viking fan every year. Uh, they, you know, I'm fine with that. I know, right? Um, the one thing I'll say – Right away with the Vikings, they might have the worst offensive line in the league. Like it's holy shit. Like we thought it was like, going to be the Bengals. You really you come into this game like, hey, the Bengals' offensive line sucks, and then you come out of this game like, hey, the Vikings' offensive line is the worst in the league. Uh, Kirk, dude, just like super like average to above average at everything besides making plays when they matter. Um, Delvin is like such a special talent, and like he's probably the best north and south runner in the in the league. Like. When that dude gets going north and south, he's really hard to stop. It's just hard to do that when your offensive line is just filled with shit. Um, their offense and defense is too reliant on, like, two three guys on each side of the ball. Like, the offense is super reliant on Delvin, you know, Jefferson, and then uh, Kirk. And, like, you're, Delvin's the only one that's going to show up all the time. And then the defense, Harrison is, like, the guy. Pat P, actually, I don't think the dude gave up a catch the whole game. But the entire game, the second quarterback was getting – was getting just torched. Bengals, real quick. Let me just wrap this up with a neat little bow. Um, a lot of no-name guys on the defense making plays, and then there's actually like a lot of talent on that offense. And the other thing I'll say, as far as that offensive line goes, they were good enough to cover up when there was no blitz. But once there was a blitz, that's when they fell apart. Good. Nicely said, Seth. Once you take the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills for me, we all picked. Pittsburgh to stay within a touchdown. We were all correct. You know, Owen, I'm glad to give me that one because that's probably the second game I watched the most other than the Packer game. Um, Buffalo came out hot. You know, Pittsburgh came out like we probably thought they would. Uh, not a lot of offensive life. Um, low scoring, went into half. Um, typical Pittsburgh game. I thought this was a typical Pittsburgh game all along. The defense kept them in there until the offense woke up late. And uh, took it to him. I was surprised that they held the Bills to 16 only, as explosive of that offense is. Um, I'm impressed with how the Steelers woke up in the second half, though, and uh, really took it to him. I wonder if they'll be on somebody's top five as well. We'll see. Ooh, little teaser. Maybe, um, maybe. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying I'm wondering if somebody will put them in the top five this week. I They, they look better than the end of last year. I would definitely give it that. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, the complete dismantling of the Tennessee Titans by the Arizona Cardinals, like we talked about when we called, Murray gets five touchdowns, Jones gets five sacks with some offensive defensive player of the year uh, uh, performances. Tyler Murray on my fantasy team, by the way, love it. It worked out for you. So, Jeremy, take away. So, right off the bat, uh, Chandler Jones just baptizing Taylor Lewan, uh to the point where the guy felt the need to go on social media and apologize for how shitty the football player he is. Um, early in the game, sack, strip fumble, like, and then bang, Cardinals score. And, uh, I mean, it was a mixture of Chandler Jones wasn't blocked the whole afternoon. I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins was covered the whole afternoon. 
And then you just can't game plan for Kyler Murray. Um, oh, and I think it was you. I sent it to on Instagram. Like the dude's pulling like Oh four Madden shit, but in real life. And it's like, how do you actually defend that? You almost have to come out and like nickel to dime formations and have your like slot corner playing QB spy. Cause the dude's all over the place. And the touchdown he threw to Kirk at the end of the game, he's not even on his feet. He's literally off his feet, throwing the ball. And I was just like, damn, just impossible to cover. Stafford's yeah. still for sure my MVP, but this guy's he's sneaking up there real fast. Like well, I told it. you guys earlier. What's that? Well said. Uh, like I told you guys earlier, only three people got off the bus for Tennessee. Tannehill, which, I mean, it wasn't a great performance. Kevin Bayard uh, also, like, was a solid performance for one guy on defense. And then A.J. Brown. Um, is Christian Kirk the best wide receiver two in the NFL? Big question mark there. He probably is. Wide receiver four, or maybe. Well, the thing about A.J. Green looks done. Check mark A.J. Green, you know, it's the skeleton of A.J. Green and the ghost of Larry Fitzgerald. But the Cardinals, they put it together all the way around. And, I mean, it might be Titans, might be one of the most dangerous teams in the league, Cardinals. And what's so crazy is yes, they really yes. don't, they they really don't have a true number one tight end. They really don't have a true number one running back. But Edmonds, like he's a really good utility back. And then I think it was Max. What the hell is that guy's name? Max Williams. Williams. I mean, he's a body out there. He didn't do a damn thing all day besides block, but he's a body out there. Like they've they've yeah. got guys. But um, I mean DeAndre Hopkins. Don't forget about John Kana. Cannot forget about the Terminator. Um, I mean, those guys, the thing about it is when you've got a quarterback that can run like that, like Hertz did this for the Eagles too, you've got to respect the RPO. So these backs are just going to immediately get more yardage. But, I mean, what a hell of a letdown for the Titans. And then listening to Vabral after the game, like, I guess we'll learn about our locker room from here. It's like, man, just talk about some of these teams. Atlanta was kind of like this too. Some of these teams coming out of week one, it's like just a shit show. But what I'll say, big old goose egg, like letdown for the Titans. Yep, well said. Um, the only thing I mentioned with Christian Kirk is Rondale Moore had just as much playing time and receptions. Um, it looks like he'll be more involved in the offense as they go. Christian Kirk's still going to be the big play guy, though. Um, yep. uh, and, yeah, and also interesting to see Vrabel, like, light up Julio Jones in a post-game press conference. But, it was because I mean, of uh, the personal that, that foul. Yeah, yep. definitely, definitely a weird time in Tennessee. Uh, Seth, why don't you give me – uh, the Jets at the Carolina Panthers, we all picked Carolina to be up by four, and they all played kind of like we had to hope. You know, I caught a couple glimpses of this game, too. You know, I was happy for Sam Darnold. That, that's kind of what I got out of this. Sam Darnold got his revenge game, um, took it to the Jets a little bit, had that big play to Robbie Anderson. Talk about two former Jets taking it to him. Big plays there. Uh Poor Zach Wilson, though. We were talking about this a little bit, too, Jeremy, before. Uh, Zach Wilson looking like he's running around with his head cut off almost back there, just scrambling, doing everything he can, while Sam Darnold's sitting pretty, Christian McCaffrey, one of the best players in the game, just doing whatever he wants. Um, Panthers might be a sneaky good team, too, as long as Sam Darnold can keep it up. Uh, Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. They could be a potential postseason team. They might sneak. They might sneak for sure. McCaffrey's a yards eater, and Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold are an excellent Almost uh, 200 all-purpose for McCaffrey. It's crazy. And yeah. it also disappointing to see Mekhi Becton go down with a four- to six-week injury there. I was going to say, I just yeah. wanted to things. One thing was Mekhi Becton injury, and the second thing is Christian McCaffrey. It's like 
you you can't give the guy the ball too much because he's just so damn good at everything. Seth, like I said in the pre-pod, I, I compared him to like Walter Payton and the fact that he can do everything at the highest level. Um, the thing about it is you almost don't want to give the guy too, the ball too much so you don't burn him out, but just dangerous and every fast. Yep, you got to find that line, but you, you yeah. got to feed him. You got to feed him. We all, yeah, like I said, we all picked um, Carolina to take that one. Jeremy, why don't you take um, Indy versus Seattle? Seattle takes it 20 to 16. Uh, I believe I was the lone better on Indy, so you guys take the win on that one. So uh, in the pre-pod, I'm going to reference this a bunch. I was telling Seth about how I seen a tweet from a Philly beat writer that I'm going to try to dig up real quick as I'm talking. And uh, it went on to say that, what do you know? When your quarterback holds onto the ball too long, your great offensive line can look like shit. And what do you know? The Colts great offensive line look like shit because Carson Wentz holds onto the ball too long. Now, like Seth mentioned to me, they were without Quentin Nelson, but still it was just like, man, Carson, just throw the damn ball. And it's like, when he does throw the ball, the dude's got a very high end off, uh, like arm for the NFL. Like he's a great thrower of the ball when he's like setting his feet and everything. It just takes me back to Philly last year. Um, he had two touchdowns, both to Zach Pascal. The one came late in the game. I mean, it didn't really matter. Um, they just kind of, they were really just null on offense. They weren't really doing much, but it was a lot of Wentz just like kind of killing the offense. I mean, Quentin Nelson definitely played a little bit in that. Um, the one thing I'll say about the Colts defense, Seth, I repeatedly said this to you, they're running around all over the place. Like they're fast as hell, but they're just not making the plays. Like they're just, yep not tackling the guys. Some of that makes me wonder like, Hey, Jonathan Gannon's in Philly. Now that was their offensive coordinator, our defensive coordinator last year. And his thing that he apparently preaches, like nobody's business, wrap up and tackle, wrap up and tackle, wrap up and tackle. The Colts weren't doing that. Like, and it's like, Hey, these guys are just all over the place. Just not making the plays. Um, Russ is doing everything you want a quarterback to do. I mean, his, his two, his, what was it? Two touchdowns to lock it. If I remember right. All I know is the one touchdown to lock it. Hell of an adjustment by Lockett. I mean, the guy literally comes over his shoulder to catch the ball. It, it is two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, he just – I don't know how he does it literally every week, but the guy always seems to get behind secondaries. And, I mean, DK, he had a touchdown, but he wasn't really that big of a factor in the entire game. Um, the only thing I'd say is if the Colts keep on playing like this, it's going to be a long season for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I don't see the Eagles getting that first round pick because I don't think Carson will start all the games. Um, if Seattle keeps on playing this way, they're going to be, I mean, to kind of quote Owen early frisky, like they've got special talent on both sides of the ball and they've got two receivers and a quarterback that can put up points on anybody. It's just going to be not shooting yourself in the foot. Um, Seth, I said to you in the pre-pod, you know, Carson was holding on to the ball too long, just not making the plays. Russell Wilson holds onto the ball, extends the play, and then throws a touchdown. Like, that's the difference between a great player and, like, an, an average to a good player. And that's what you had there. Russell is a great player. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Carson's just another guy. Good wrap-up. Uh, Seth, why don't you take the Chargers at the Washington football team? Chargers win on a late touchdown to Mike Williams. Uh, you guys welcome, both Jeremy. Are, yeah. You guys are both heavy on the Chargers and a pick them. Uh, but Fitzpatrick got injured right away. Yeah, this this was a good game. Uh, you know, low-scoring game, but two good defenses, and that was kind of where I was going with that. Uh, Washington, obviously, we all know, a top defense. They played like it. Chargers, a top defense again uh, with a healthy Derwin James. Um, 
Swiss Army knife over there. I mean, to me, the Chargers are going to be a dangerous team. I, if I was the Chiefs, I'd be looking out here. I think this is they're really going to challenge them. Herbert looks like the real deal. Uh, I mean, stats didn't fly off the board, but I, I just think he's he's the real deal quarterback. And uh, you know, Jeremy, you had mentioned uh, Cam Newton possibly to the football team after Fitzpatrick out. To me, I don't know if they need to do that because Heineke looked good too. Heineke looked pretty solid, making plays out there again uh, against a good defense too. So I, I think Heineke, I think they'll be just as fine with Heineke there as Fitzpatrick. But uh, Chargers, watch out for him. You know, I just want to add on to this a little bit. Um, Chargers were almost a little underwhelming. They were almost a little underwhelming as far as what they've got for talent. Um, I just wanted to jump in on the Cam thing. And actually, I just want to take this in a different direction. Uh, Cam had his interview. So from being released by the, the if I was If I was a, an executive, I wouldn't touch Cam. That's you know, Seth, that. part of me is going in your direction. Part of me actually gets what he's talking about. Um, when he made the comment that his aura is too much for a second quarterback, I do kind of get it. I do kind of get it because it's like at the end of the day, on the bench as a QB2 with a young QB starting, you don't want an Heisman Trophy MVP Super Bowl quarterback on the bench because that's just going to rattle the, the young guy's cage. Now, with Fitzpatrick there, Fitzpatrick's not going to be bothered because, I mean, nothing bothers that guy. Now, with Heineke, who knows? Who knows what type of head he's got on his shoulder? But, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks that can't handle second-round quarterbacks getting drafted, so I eat Carson Wentz. But, anyways, um, I, with Riverboat Ron being there, I mean, it, it makes sense. But I think if you bring Cam in, it makes the team worse. So give it to me because I want Washington to fail this year. <laughs> you know, of course I, you do. I, last thing on that, I was never a big Cam fan, and this just solidified it for me right there when he said that. Seth, I get you. I totally oh. get you. I I can get where he's coming from though, because like, I mean, to me, not- to me, that's uh, I'm bigger than the team. I'm bigger than the. I'm bigger than the franchise. I'm bigger than everybody else. It should be about me. I, I just, I, I don't get that. I don't like it. You wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers, like the ghost of Aaron Rodgers to be a backup. You wouldn't want the ghost of uh, Peyton to be a backup. Well, Cam Newton's no want- Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. I get you. I get you. But he's, I mean, he's got the same type of stature as far as like MVP and stuff like that overall career, but stats aren't there. The one thing I'll say is I heard somebody say it on Twitter. Or I read it on Twitter. Somebody said that your backup quarterback is the guy that you want your whole fan base to know who he is, but no other fan base to know who he is. Yeah. And I, I'm I like that. totally for that. And it's, okay. I thought to myself, I'm like, that's not Cam Newton. So until like a team like Washington really thinks they need a guy, which Owen, like you had said, when we were all texting back and forth, Heineke didn't look bad. So unless Heineke like just totally falls off a cliff, I assume Cam's probably done, like just totally done at this point. Yep. Especially with Houston kind of locking up, just having Terod take the season. Um, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and take San Francisco at Detroit. Detroit made this a goddamn game in the fourth quarter. Good game. Good game. Jeremy and I both bet on uh, the 49ers to run away with it. Seth wanted to keep it close. It ended up being a push. Nobody gets the win. Eight points was the exact line. What was it? Eight points. Eight points is the exact line. Yeah. Um, So go ahead. I'll rip through this pretty quick um, and pretty quick for me is like five minutes. So I was kind of watching yes. this game over right at the beginning and I was kind of walking, walking through it with Seth and 
the 49ers, I mean, they just came out quick. I mean, they got up in a hurry. They were up 30-some points the first half. I mean, they're up 20-some points in the first half. Uh, they scored 24 points in the second quarter alone. Like, you had, I mean, you had it to the point where uh, Trey Lance coming was throwing touchdowns and got called back. But, I mean, Garoppolo, 300 yards, touchdown. Elijah Michelle comes in, 100 yards and a touchdown. Raheem Mozart, he's out for the year. That's terrible. Yes. Um, Debo goes off. Not surprising, three, uh, though. It is. Yeah. Nine for 189 and a touchdown. I mean, Kittle had, I mean, kind of a big game, but Kittle also kind of blew it late with the, the onside kick right off the face. Um, what was surprising about the whole game is the Lions just coming back, like not giving up. But with their coach, Dan, like that's the type of team there. They're biting off kneecaps. So what I'll say is, Seth, I repeatedly said this to you. Goff was making throws like that dude was actually making some plays, but he's only throwing it to tight ends and running backs. Like, I don't know who a damn receiver on this team is. I don't know who any of these guys are, but it's, you know, DeAndre Swift has taken a, a little pass in the flats for a touchdown. Hawkinson's taking a pass for a touchdown. Jamal Williams. I mean, he's taking passes down the field. Like that's their, their top three receivers right there. And then, I mean, they're running the ball fairly well. The defense was actually playing pretty damn solid. I think they're going to be a tough out week in and week out just because of the way they're coached. Jared Goff was not a letdown at all. I mean, that guy was making some pretty big throws, but at the end of the day, the one thing I'll say is the Niners, the Shanahan coaching tree, especially anybody with the last name Shanahan, they can run the football with anybody, literally anybody. I could show up tomorrow and have a hundred yards for the freaking 49ers. That's just how these guys are. It's nuts. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has just got one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yep, it was really interesting to see on, from a fantasy standpoint, Debo going off and Mostert going off. Mostert now out for the year. Elijah Mitchell is the surprise waiver wire pickup of the week. Trey Sermon, who we thought was going to be the heir apparent, doesn't even dress for the yeah, game. Yeah, what the heck is that? Shanahan said uh, he, he just simply wasn't one of the best three running backs in the room all preseason, which was uh shocked me. And then Brandon Ayuk gets uh, zeroed out in that respect. Um, so let's move on. Seth wants to pull double duty for the next two games for the afternoons. Please. Would you Miami at new England, new England favored by three uh, keeps it close. It was, you know, cause they're two young quarterbacks. So they weren't going to score a lot of points. Uh, Seth picked Miami to stay within three. He gets the win. Well, Jeremy and I thought New England would take it by more. You guys don't have faith in the lefty. You got to have it. You just got to do it. That's the only thing here. I'll forever be a Tua fan no matter what because he's left-handed. And guess what? He looked pretty solid too. Um, Like you said, they they squeaked it out um, thanks to some good defense. And we knew this would be a defensive game because both have top defenses, so it was low-scoring. We, we all called it um, last week when we were making our predictions. Uh, but Tua looked pretty good. Tua looked better this year, game one, week one, than I thought um, he did all of last year for the most part. Um, seemed to progress, so maybe he, uh, you know, learned a lot from this offseason. But I tell you, uh, in New England, they made the right decision at quarterback. It was um, a lot of people were wondering, myself, I was wondering if they made the right decision going with Mac already. We all kind of figured that they would jump on that train eventually, but even before the preseason ended, they cut Cam. Um, and it was the right choice. I mean, Mac looked pretty good. Uh, offense overall looked pretty good. They didn't score a lot of points, 
but um, they move the ball pretty well. I, I, I mean, it looks like another Tom Brady up there almost. I don't want to say he's the next Tom Brady, but still, but in, in yeah, exactly in the form of the early Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But it was no. still fun to watch either way. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm just happy for my left-handed quarterback out there, the only one. That's all. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Holding down the fort strong, uh, Seth. Last afternoon game. Oh, yes. Denver. Double duty. Denver Somehow got roped into that one. <laughs> Denver. I didn't watch at, that game at all. That's my bad. <laughs> well, because it was the out of the four games going on, it was the, you know, the least. Did anybody watch this game? I watched the two no name teams that nobody cares about. As soon well, as I seen Saquon was hurt and then Jerry Judy was out, like on IR, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> just don't care. Right. Yeah. Den- it, Denver was favored by three. On the road at New York, uh, both Jeremy and I were confident that Denver would take it by that much. Seth takes the loss. What do you say? Um, I guess I'll give you that one. Teddy looked good. I, I didn't watch this game either. I watched some of the highlights, but Teddy looked pretty good from what I saw. Looking at the stats, stats say the same. Um, where are the Giants, I guess, are going to probably be the Giants. Uh, what's the deal on Saquon? I didn't hear too much about that. Is he... Is he already out? next week, but yeah. uh, it's me, so me. so Saquon's career is pretty much over. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I wouldn't quite go that far, but I'd say Miles Sanders better. Ooh, Ooh. damn! That, right. that well, that the Giants don't bonus. have a chance without Saquon. That's all I know. Uh, they certainly can't win with uh, Danny Dimes out there, even though um, he he didn't look too bad, didn't throw any interceptions, so that's a positive, right? Um, Judge will be the first co- uh, coach get, to get fired this year. That's all I'll say. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not to uh, – either of these teams, I don't expect too much. I mean, of course, I don't think either of us do. Uh, Giants probably looked like the Giants would. And uh, Denver played a little better than I thought, but it is the Giants. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Galladay only got to play a little bit. Um, he – I didn't think he'd play – I didn't think he'd play at all, to be honest. So I'm surprised so he's out there. He got, you know, 64 yards off four receptions. That is good. Um, Sterling Shepard though, seems to be the surprise play. May, might want to start starting him to be the main target there. Jerry Judy, obviously the big hit to the Broncos, but they're just going to replace him with Tim Patrick, who always seems to come in and make plays, even though he's like wide receiver four on the depth chart. So, uh, and then Melvin Gordon with a big run, but Javante Williams taking more of the carries. So yeah. I would expect to see Javante Williams to end up having more production over time, but, um, Melvin Gordon, yeah. the uh, Melvin Gordon hit the big one, home run ball. Seth, you said you watched the the Sunday night game, right? Well, of course, it was the Bears. I had to watch them lose. You had to watch them lose. Matt Stafford, Jeremy's MVP pick, throw a couple bombs, and, and I wanted to see that too. Like I wanted to see how Stafford would do first game, and uh, he looked good. I'm gonna steal this one from Jeremy. I'm just gonna take. Did you a, just rip through the just, Rams game without me? Yeah, we're going right now. Okay, perfect. So this is what I'll say. I need my Rams notes. Where did they go? Matt Stafford, uh, MVP. That's all it says. Played like so, it. no, no, no. Actually, I'm not going to toot my own horn. I'm going to start off with my very first note. Montgomery's still good, and he looks even more explosive than last year. Right, Owen? I mean, you know, he had 16 carries. He got a lot of production. Give my boy his due. I think he was averaging six or seven yards a carry. I am, and I don't know if it's Owen's hatred for the guy, 
or just the fact that I'm right. But I'm it's becoming more and more. What's that? It's not hatred. It's just you know, it's the Bears. Like if they had a, if they had just I, I think it's you, at this Jeremy. Point. I really think it's you. I tell you what, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. I love this guy. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what. Sixteen carries, buck away, touchdown. Six point eight yards a carry, and he was doing this with Andy Dalton slinging the rock to the other team. No well, that's why he was doing it. I mean, yeah, but still, doing that on the Rams' defense is pretty impressive. Um, so I watched the very beginning of this game and the very end of this game live. The middle of it, I missed most of it, but then I come back and watch it through. Uh, Stafford started off hot. It seemed like he kind of cooled off a little bit right in the second quarter, but then picked up right where he started off hot in the third. And, I mean, I'm sticking with it. This dude is going to win MVP this year because I think there's going to be a lot of this year for L.A., uh, 20 for 26, 321, and three touchdowns. Uh, Cooper Cup just tearing it up. Dude is a yak monster. Um, Robert Woods with the crazy toe tap touchdown. Yeah. Um, Van Jefferson just kind of coming out of nowhere. But there's so many dudes for these guys to get the ball to on offense, and their running game didn't look terrible. Like Daryl Henderson kind of kept it together. I, Sony Michelle could get more more involved in my opinion, but and he will, he will, absolutely, absolutely. But the the Rams offense looked great. Their defense looked so-so. Um, I wouldn't say they looked spectacular, um, but they I looked I mean, held them to two touchdowns. That's not bad. My problem would be Dave Montgomery. Like, he actually was really chopping them up pretty good. And, like, Montgomery, in my opinion, is a very good running back. But when you got the likes of, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and some of these guys on defense, you would think you'd slow down the Bears' offense because that's all you got a key on. I mean, there's not really anybody else. Um, the most disappointing thing of the entire game – was, and this is one of my notes in here, the Bears' defense used to be just loaded with top five talent. And now they've got, like, three guys. And uh, Eddie Jackson, I don't know if this guy can cover, you know, anything. And he doesn't tackle. And, I mean, he was looking to be one of the best safeties in the league. Khalil Mack, Mack, you're not even going to notice the guy because he's constantly double-teamed. And, I mean, eventually when you're double-teamed every single play, every single game, you're a non-factor at that point. Roquan Smith is the guy that's a dude like that. That guy is a freak of nature. He can do a lot for you on defense. Akeem Hicks is a fucking monster. Like that dude's a problem. Any game, anywhere, Robert Smith, uh, Robert Quinn, my bad. He he's still definitely something that's going to come out there and put, put together some stuff, but their secondary just wasn't there. I mean, they've got a pretty solid front seven. Um, but like, like I said, Eddie Jackson, just where, the, where are you dude? Like Deshaun Gibson, another guy, what, where the hell are you at? But, um, no, uh, Stafford, big bright point of this game. Uh, I love the guy. Cooper Cup is a yak monster, like I said. And then the Bears. I honestly, the watching the Bears offense, um, and as much as Justin Fields actually did come in just to run like these specialty packages, which you've seen a little bit of that with Trey Lance. You've seen a little bit of that with Jalen Hurts last year. I think it's just going to show that Fields is going to be the guy by like week four. Um, with how stale this 100%. offense is otherwise, yep. there's no way – I mean, Nagy and that front offense, they're going to be trying to save their heads by, like, the middle of the season. And you're going to go away from Andy Dalton, which is kind of hilarious because Andy Dalton was preaching about how he understands his place as a placeholder for the year. It, bro, it's not going to be the year. It's going to be, like, three games because he's just not a starter, <laughs> you know. And on an offense that's really got, like, two guys that are a problem and Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, like, you're going to need, like, a flashy quarterback. When Marquise Goodwin is leading your team in receiving yards, that's a big problem. Uh, 
that guy, you know, he, he played in Philly, if you guys don't remember, uh, similar to Frank Gore. But, uh, no, I just – I don't know. Daryl Mooney, you know, he kind of chopped it up. Jimmy Graham apparently still plays football. Didn't even remember that one. But, uh, no, Justin Fields can't get on the field soon enough. Nope. And like I said, Stafford for MVP. All right. Those are the – that's the gauntlet, right? Those are the games? Those are the games. Beautiful. Who won? Who won, Owen? Who won last week? It goes like this. One of us had nine wins. One of us had eight wins. One of us had seven wins. Uncle Seth takes the victory for the week. I am, in, I am in the doghouse. Got this, the the uh, – I don't remember what they do on NFL Fox. If it's the sombrero is the bad thing or the good thing. But And then Jeremy sits in the middle with eight wins. As much as I love Mexican food, I assume the sombrero is winning. Uh, well, in baseball terms, if you get the golden sombrero, that's three strikeouts. You don't want that. So yeah, maybe, true. maybe. All right. Fair enough. All right. Cool. Let's move on. Top five A and B power rankings. Of course, we're going to run through this. Um, I don't know how quick, but we're just going to run through it. I can I, fire them off right now. I was going to say I could do the same. I got, I, wanna... I got my six. Okay. Uh, I'll me... go. I'll go quick. I'll just do a quick explanation for each, but I'll start at the bottom. Five B. I'm gonna surprise. I'm gonna surprise you guys this week with my rankings. I, I really changed it up. Really all dropped right. out. Packers are probably gonna be one this week. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. Five B. I have the Los Angeles Chargers. Five B. I was impressed. I was really impressed. Like I mentioned when I was recapping that, I was really impressed with how they played. I think they're going to be a danger to the Chiefs. I really do. I'm excited for these guys. Justin Herbert's a real deal. You're welcome, Jeremy. Um, real deal, Holyfield. You betcha. I, German James back, I think that defense, uh, to me, is going to be a, a scary team. Uh, it's going to be a top team to me. So they're in it this week. 5A, another team that was not in my uh, week one rankings, but will be here. The Arizona Cardinals have to be in here with that dominant performance. I mean, we knew Tennessee didn't have a defense, but still Kyler Murray, a sneaky MVP pick. I mean, this team's going to be, uh, I mean, the NFC West it might as well be called the NFC best at this point. You could have all four teams in here. Um, man, w- what a division. That's all I know. And it's going to be entertaining. Won't be the only NFC West team on here. Uh, four, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns, even though they lost. I think it was a good game. I still think they're one of the best teams. This is my only losing team in here. They stayed in here. Um, I think if they played most teams, they probably would have won, but they played probably the best team in the league, and they lost barely by a few points. So they're in here. Owen's shaking his head. He must not like it. I, you'd be surprised. We'll get there. Go ahead. Okay. Anyways, three, I have the other LA team, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, perhaps to you, Jeremy, uh, Matt Stafford just looked unbelievable. Um, I'm excited for him. I, I've, I've been a Stafford fan. I was, I felt bad for him all those years in Detroit, just losing after losing after losing. You feel bad for a guy after that much time. Now he's out of the division. I can root for him for now until they play in the playoffs. Um, Packers are going to make the playoffs by the way, Jeremy. Um, but yeah, Ram, I mean, Rams are there. They're, they're a complete team. I think, uh, Stafford puts them over the top. They might be a Super Bowl team. Number two, dropping them down after a week because they nearly lost 
Well, both of these teams nearly lost, but I don't care. The Bucks, number two, Super Bowl champs are no longer number one. Take them down. That's right, Jeremy. You're lucky they're still on here because they should have lost, but I won't go there. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, the best game of the week, Browns, Chiefs. Chiefs won just because they won that game. Um, yeah, I mean, Mahomes, that offense is going to be hard to stop all year for any defense. Um, so good luck. That's my, Seth, that's my rundown. This is incredible. Uh, you know, you don't even have to recap your list because it's the exact same as mine. No Chargers, freaking way. Chargers, Cardinals, Browns, Rams, Bucks, Chiefs. No In way. order. Wow. In order. As you were ripping them off, I was like, Seth, I was about to say, say the same thing about being surprised. You throw Chargers in there. They look good. Seattle was my number seven just off the list, but I just yep. like the Chargers a little bit better. And uh, you just ripped them off from there. It was incredible. Wow. I, I didn't even send you mine either. I, I, nope. was, I blacked it out so nobody could see it. But, hey. No, I agree. Great minds think alike, Owen. So is it just me, then? And then it's just you, Jeremy. Okay, I'm just uh, I'm actually just comparing my list to the PFF real fast. Um, you guys want to recap that real fast for me? Why don't I go ahead and give some little tipper yeah. tipper here twos? I picked the charge. I picked the Chargers over the Seahawks to be my five B with a little bit of an impressive Chargers offensive showing as a great Washington defense. Also, the defense looked good against Washington, even though Terry McLaurin was making plays all over the place. I probably um, would have uh, just as a heads up, Owen. I probably would have put the Steelers as seven. For okay, me. well there you go. We would have different Steelers, Seahawks. Those are kind of like my my other guys. Um, and then number honorable five, mention five goes to Arizona. There's still some questions, but boy did they come out hot, 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 hot against the playoff team last year. Um, but not muggy, just hot, just hot, spicy. Um, number four, I go with my only team that that uh, looked impressive in a loss. For the week, go with Cleveland Browns, staying neck and neck with the top dogs in the NFL right now. Uh, then I go with the Rams, who, who have a lot of expectations. They at least showed that they can live up to them at number three. Number two, I go with the Bucks, slightly under the Chiefs. Just uh, I thought uh, the Chiefs' performance was a little bit Should've more, lost. Impre- more impressive. You know, damn, we're, uh, we're actually all really close. So – if I was to pick who's just off my list, it's the Cardinals, the Steelers, then the Seahawks in that order. The reason I'm not putting the Cardinals in here is simply because I would not be surprised if it imploded. I just really wouldn't be. Um, and You're probably, right. And probably coaching. I think it's going to be a lot of Kyler all year. And then if Chandler Jones doesn't get paid by week six, the defense will probably fall apart. And then he'll start holding. <laughs> yeah. Um, Seahawks, I just – I don't know – I don't know. Steelers, I don't imagine Ben. He'll start eating Big Macs by week three. So <laughs> it is what it is. So Chargers are my six. I'm in love with, I mean, literally their whole roster. Um, if I was to probably pick a team that's like my number two team, it's probably the Chargers right now. I just really like watching these guys play football. Um, Derwin, probably comeback player of the year, maybe sneaky defensive player of the year. Um, like you guys said, you know, beating Washington, that's no, that's no small feat. You know, I mean, that's a really good defense and uh, Herbert's just dangerous as hell. Um, Eckler, all those guys, it's, they're, they're a fun team to watch and they're, 
their roster is as low as it gets. Um, the, the trouble is they're in the AFC West. Speaking of the West, the whole NFC West and the whole AFC West is undefeated right now. None of them lost. Um, unlike the and NFC, the NFC North, North is uh, winless. <laughs> unlike the NFC North, who all suck. Um, so at five, I have the Niners. Um, okay. That's like where I differ right. from you guys. Like that's, I think, the only spot I differ from you guys. The reason I'm going with the Niners is like, yeah, they beat up on the Lions. And I mean, the Lions kind of came back late. But this is what I'll say about the Niners. Any Shanahan team is about as good as coach team as you're going to find. And with them healthy, it's going to take them four to six weeks before they're really hitting on their stride. And I think by that point, maybe they switch to Lance. And I just see this team just really taking some serious momentum right into the playoffs. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm big on the Niners. Yeah, I really think they're going to take some serious momentum right into the playoffs. I agree with you. And they're still my division winner pick. Uh, I'm, yep. super, I'm really high in the, riding the hot hand of the Arizona, but you're probably making the right decision with just the coaching edge. I think it's a lot. So the thing about Arizona is it's like, there's some big difference makers on that team in Kyler. Like, how do you deal with this guy? You know, he's just a freaking nightmare. Um, he's it's like, Oh, four Vic, but on the field, man, it's just wild to watch. He's making these video game type plays where he's, over here, over here, and then off his feet throwing a touchdown. It's like, what the fuck's going on here? If, if, but, Lamar, um, if Lamar is the human joystick, Kyler is the human D-pad. He, he really is. He really is. That's uh, I like that. You need to patent that on. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to stick with Niners just because I Shanahan's probably my favorite coach outside of Philly and Andy Reid, Big Red. Um, that takes me to four. The only team on here, you know, like you guys said, in a loss. The Browns, the Brownies are still probably my, like, I think probably the best roster through and through. Um, they just shot themselves in the foot late and let the Chiefs come back and win it. Um, but that's what the Chiefs do. Like I said, Michael Jordan on in the NFL right now. Simply, I think the reason they lost that game is because it's the difference between a good quarterback and a great quarterback. Baker is a very good quarterback, but Pat Mahomes is the best. Like, that's that's what changed this. Um like I mentioned earlier, with Jadavian and, and Miles Garrett doing that to Pat Mahomes, if you do that to 90% of quarterbacks in the NFL, you're that's the game right there. The game is done. You want it, bang. And that's what their defense is going to do. A lot of people in that running game is just going to control the clock. Not many people can just put up like 35 points in a quarter like the Chiefs can. So the Browns are going to come away. The Browns are going to win 13 games this year. Like it's just as simple as that. This is not – if anything, I think this game – wasn't something to really be like down about. It was something to prove like, Hey, we can play with the chiefs. You know, we, we were winning this game all the way through three quarters, if not all the way through like all but five minutes of the game, which takes me to three, which is my Rams, Matt Stafford, my MVP. Uh, I think they're just going to build on this performance and get better and better and better. Um, if, and when the Brown, the Rams lose some games this year, it's just going to be for little things where it's like, Hey, we can't cover this special tight end. Hey, this running back broke off a couple of plays. Hey, Matt Stafford got real wily and threw a pick six or something like that. It's just going to be random games like that. Um, but the Rams, they're as dangerous as anybody. I mean, talk about a team that's probably got five, like, top three players at their position, if not top two, especially with the way Matt Stafford's going to play this year. They're as dangerous as anybody. And then, uh, so, Seth, I got to give it to you. Um, the Bucs are two for me. Um, hey. The, the reason the Bucs are two for me, is because I think the Cowboys sneaky suck and I don't think anybody sees it. Um, the Cowboys can put up. Here's the problem with the Cowboys. Their best defender is their rookie. 
That is the best defender on that goddamn team right now. Yeah, defense and then outside is bad. Of that, the defense is bad. CD's hands are like 50-50. Amari Cooper is great, but the thing about Amari Cooper is he can be slowed down by guys like Darius Slay, Steven Nelson, which is what the Eagles have, which is what Washington has, and which is what New York has gotten Bradbury. Um, I don't think CD's the guy that's going to put you over the top. I don't think Zeke is no good. In fact, if I was the Cowboys right now, I'd be on the phone with Baltimore. I'd be like, you guys want the remains of Zeke? Bang, make that trade right now. That's what I would do right now. Because Zeke is done. I think that guy is totally done. He's a burnt-out running back. And uh, the fact that the Cowboys kept up with them like they did, the Cowboys have a good offense. Dak is a pretty solid quarterback. I would not bet on his health this year. Um, I wouldn't bet on anything Dallas, if I'm being completely honest, other than Luka in the NBA. But um, I just – it was kind of an unimpressive win for the Bucks. And then Tom's picks were, like, kind of on Tom, like, if I'm being totally honest. But – you got a 44-year-old quarterback, you're going to start a little slow. But I'll tell you what, Tom Brady's arm looks like it did when he was 25 years old. Like, that guy can throw the freaking football, and he's old as shit. But I just – watching the Chiefs come back and beat the Browns, there's only one team and one quarterback that can do that in the NFL, and that's the Chiefs. Like, there's only that's, – that's it. So the way that they came back, um, the way that the offensive line kind of came together, I imagine they're going to build on that. And as long as they're just not – beating themselves they're the best team in the nfl and i'm going to stick with it through and through probably the whole year unless something happens there but uh i think it's pretty set chiefs are already the best team bucks are two and then uh it's going to kind of shake up beneath this you know um like we said with the cardinals if if it keeps rolling hey i'm in with it i wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of weeks we have you know two nfc nfc west teams and maybe three afc west teams or two and two like the, the Western conferences are so good. Like our divisions are so good. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch because it's going to come down to quarterback play. And I mean, the worst quarterback in all the teams I just named off is probably Garoppolo and then Baker, you know, the rest of these guys are really, really good. All right. Uh, recap that list real quick. Chargers are my six. Uh, five is the 49ers, which like Owen said, I mean, the way that team's coached and everything, it wouldn't be surprised if they climb. Browns are four. Rams are three with my MVP, Matt Stafford. Bucks two and Chiefs are one. So our, right. four is, our top fours were identical. Identical. Nice. All right. That's the top five power rankings this week. Hopefully the Packers get back in next week, but I highly doubt it. All right. Owen, it's time for a little fantasy free-for-all. Give us just the tips, eh? Oh, Seth, you just want the tips, huh? You want it's all I ever tips? want. It's all I ever want from you, Owen. Let me give you some of just these tips. I'm looking at an interesting week two schedule. I'm looking at some ugly games, some poor played games. I'm looking at some probably pretty good football and probably some high scoring games. And I'm also looking for a lot of weird things that happened in week one to level themselves out. Let's not overreact. It's week one. Crazy shit happens every single year. Don't overreact. So what I want, let me just start off with my bias pick. Start all your Packers. Offense is going to be back. They're at home. Detroit, Monday night football. Aaron Jones is going to have a game. They're going to get up. 
uh, ahead early. They in can the only game. get better, right? I mean, there's no way they can get worse. I mean, that's one way to look at it, certainly. Um, but I like I like the Packers offense. Uh, start all your Packers, like I said, Aaron Jones, big game. That'd be a big DFS start for me, and he'd probably be a little bit cheaper just based off of having five carries, like nine yards in week one. So don't overreact to that. He's still gonna he's still gonna ball. He's still gonna be the main guy for the Packers. Uh, another game I like is Kansas City at Baltimore. I'd pick any skill player on any side, honestly. Give them all to me. Give me Tyreek Hill. Give me Kelsey. Give me Lamar. Give me uh, Latavius Murray would be good in a fantasy start. You don't want him in your DFS because he's not going to be getting yards. He's a big. He's a power guy. He's an inside guy. Uh, Tyson Williams might be the start there. Um, Mark Andrews would also be a good start. Maybe he can finish off some plays and not drop balls. But <laughs> uh, some other ones, Dallas in the L- Dallas at L.A. Chargers. That's going to be high scoring right there. Start them both. Herbert, Dak, Cooper, Mike Williams showed up big. They had a lot of lackluster games last year. Mike Williams is a great target. 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he had a good first week. He's actually getting the ball thrown to him multiple times. And like last year when it was like, he'd get a touchdown every other week, but it's only like four catches, but he started the week year off with eight catches. So like Mike Williams a lot. Herbert really coming together. Herbert likes to take shots. Williams is the guy to take shots to there. And you're still going to get Keenan Allen nine receptions a a week. So I'm. Well, it's going to be all all under, you know, 10 yards. (laughs) Well, it's fine. hundred yards, hundred yard game right there. Um, he's like Javaris Landry there, you know, or Jarvis. It's just these little routes and shit. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more big play than Jarvis, but you're right in that same sense. Um, and I also like Eckler again, to have that level out. I know he had a, didn't have huge performance, but, um, on that, I mean, started off Thursday night football. Like that's going to be a, what an ugly match that's going to be. For New York Giants at the Washington football team. Washington, this is the time for the Giants offense to really spark. So maybe if Saquon's starting, he'd be worth a look. Um, Because if you can't beat Washington with some quarterback questions, then then you're not going to make a big push in this league. Um, Who's your your biggest pickup this week? My biggest waiver wire pickup? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. Elijah Mitchell seems to be taking the reins in San Francisco lineup. I'd like it to. I, I think that Trey Sermon is still the best running back in the room, and I think he'll end up taking taking the role over. But right now, Elijah Mitchell is going to be force fed these carries, especially with Mostert out. So uh, he's worth spending all your your waiver wire pickup fab money on that. Um, and it would be a good week. San Francisco at Philadelphia. We'll talk yeah. about it. But we'll talk about that. It won't necessarily be ugly football. It'll be good football. You, I just can't tell if there's going to be a lot of points or not. Maybe they both stifle each other out. But it could also be 33 to 30. It's one of those types of games for me. Um, New Orleans at Carolina. I'd like to see Jameis won't have five touchdowns, but he will have more yards. Um, so you'll we'll end up getting a good baseline for what Jameis and that offense is going to do. Uh, there isn't really a number one receiver in the room yet. 
uh, Marquez Callaway was supposed to be that guy. I think he had a catch, but again, week one for the Saints offense was like, can you gather anything? Um, Denver, uh, this was my other big pickup, Tim Patrick at Denver, wide receiver. Judy's taking, out, yep. Taking over for Jerry Judy. Uh, Cortland Sutton will probably get a bigger workload, but he's already on fantasy teams. So Tim Patrick is definitely going to be that guy that's going to have like – he's going to have a couple games with eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. That's, that's how Tim Patrick's going to end up going. Um, other than that, for pickups, like, again, I'd like – I'm not going to overreact to a lot of the stuff we've seen. Uh, I think your big money players that got zeroed out in week one are going to end up coming back full force. Good, good, because I had a few of those. Just made a waiver 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 wire move as we were speaking. Owen, I went after your guy, Mitchell, Owen San Fran. Yeah, I got a roster that needs a running back because Jeremy's taking these uh tips and running with them. But uh Good. betting on uh Saquon's health is like betting on uh Mexican tap water. I don't I don't drive with it. So Whoa. here we go. All right. <laughs> I like it. Uh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Other than that, like uh, I'm trying to think if there were any other lower name guys. Otherwise, like like we called Kyler last year last week. I I'm in DFS. I'm going to be targeting that Dallas at Chargers game. Who's points. your um? Just throw you on the spot as well. I'm just gonna test all your knowledge. Is that who's your defensive streamer this week? Defensive streamer, huh? You know, um, I mean, I, I figure that's what most people do, right? I, I honestly tend right. not to do that. I'll, I'll pick a defense. I usually draft a defense towards the end of the year, and that'll be my defense as long as yep. it's a pretty good one. But a lot of people, which I don't do, like I just said, but we'll just go from week to week picking a new defense based on matchups. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge, you know, what's going to be available because there's about the top six through ten defenses are going to be taken for sure. Um, there's a couple ones I don't like. Minnesota, uh, who's going to be a good streamer, kind of on the edge of that top 10 defense for the year. Uh, they're going to be playing Arizona, and Arizona's hot hand. So stay away from that if you have them. Arizona's going to blow them up, man. Yeah. Again, talk about the Dallas Chargers game. Like, don't don't touch it. Uh, Dallas is going to give them a 40-burger. Week, the week one – Again, like the Packers, I'm not super worried about as a fan, but the defense showed you nothing to be excited for even. And this is a primetime streaming option for the Packers. But again, like that is a huge risk to be taking just on the word of like their star players. Yeah. So I'm going to be staying away from that one. Oh, uh, and I got, a, I got a couple for you real fast. Show me. How about a couple of divisional games? You got Washington football team, the Giants, you got Jets, Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, and I thought there was one more in here. Saints, Panthers. Oh, and Falcons, Buccaneers. There's a few divisional games like that in here. What do you a think? A lot of divisional games for like for defenses. You're saying, or just defenses and in general. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned a couple like New York and Washington. Like that's either of those teams. Honestly, I don't mind for defenses. Any other game that they have, not going to touch them. But this one, I think both of them are going to be super ugly stalling uh defenses i'd take uh new york's defense to possibly be a, a low price option um 
Yeah, I mean, Kansas you would City have to imagine that they would probably be out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Washington defense, maybe not. But Kansas City, Baltimore, don't bet on the defenses. Bet on the offense. Your skill players, bet on those guys. Um, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, I think anything Tampa Bay is going to be good in that option. I don't know if I see Kyle Pitts coming out of the shell yet. Um, Carolina, I actually like – we're going to get into this into the betting. I actually like Carolina's uh, to be impressive in a win over Saints. Um, I don't necessarily want to bet on the defense, but it wouldn't be a bad bet just based on having that that fringe like ten, defense 10 through 14. They, I think that's kind of where they'll end up slotting in. Uh, this week. All right. Oh, cool. Did you mention Rams Colts? I didn't mention Rams Colts. Uh, Rams offense probably going to take the the upper edge on them just because. I was going to say I'd probably it's Darius after, Leonard and no one else right now. Yeah, after watching Week One with the Colts, I'd stay away from. Them. I could imagine a McVay offense led by Stafford's going to have a lot of Colts defenders lost. And that's the thing, though, like that would make sense. But again, last year, the ND defense was pretty solid for him. That if I had to take one, I'd take the Rams offense being taking the edge. But that's another one of those week one things where I expect things to level out for them. I, just one more thing, because I got to throw in my Wednesday. I could just see Ramsey and Dar- uh, Aaron Donald just wreaking havoc on that dude. I just really could. Especially if you don't have uh a fully healthy offensive line for the Colts. I was going to say, are, are we going to be deprived of this Quentin Nelson, Aaron Donald matchup? Oh. I, I think there's a chance Nelson makes it back. I think it all depends on the protocol, but there's a chance. I, I hope so, man. That's a, that's a battle of the Titans. All yeah, right. Is that's, that that's, just the tips? We'll throw in some more randomly when we get into the games, but yeah, those are my main ones. Perfect. Love it. All right. Let's. Move on to the line is right. Quite the drum roll there. You like that? I did. Try to get a good intro in there. All right. Owen, we are back to you once again. You are just the man this week. Am I hosting all of a sudden? What's going on? Uh, you don't. You know, you're, here's you're, the whole podcast, bro. Yeah, Seth, you don't. You are the face. This. You are the face. You're what makes the people come back, right? Oh, and I don't know if he's let you in on this, but we're not paid. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Uh, I just figured popcorn. I was. I figured I was doing you guys a favor by not. Uh... I, uh, cryptocurrency is what I'm. Is what I have available right oh. now. Oh. Is nice. it Doge? Is it Dogecoin? I don't know. Something like that. Is that the right game show? Did I have the right game show? <laughs> I got my game shows mixed up. I was doing Jeopardy earlier. I had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in my head. Let's go. Let's start. Let's start this off. Let's after... spin the wheel and see what uh, theme show we can land on. Let's drop. Let's drop the disc down the Plinko board. And see what happens. That's for some of these bets. That might as well be what happens. Um, yeah. Starting it off after a hot week one. Actually, not very hot. We were all very middling, but that's okay. None of us lost too much. Seth takes the win by a game or two. Seth, you get to start. You get the pleasure of introducing the first opinion of week two. We got Thursday night game. As I said, 
probably going to be an ugly one. The Giants at the Washington football team, both one-loss teams. But Washington, even with their quarterback question, favored by three and a half points over the struggling Giants. Give it to me. Ooh, I'll take it. I'll take that. You know, based on based on week one and how well they played the Chargers, put the Chargers in the top five. I'm taking it. I think it's a overall a pretty good team. Obviously, we've talked about that defense a lot. Um, it's gonna shut down. It's gonna shut down New York, especially without Saquon. And I think Heineke will do enough to uh, to put him over. You said four and a half, right? I did. Or three yeah, and a half. I'll take it. Three and, three and a half. Oh yeah, give it to me. Definitely. I'll take it. Saquon's for sure hurt, right? Like, is he like, he's playing, but her playing hurt, right? I believe him and Adore Jackson are currently questionable. <laughs> Sit so up with your Jackson. <laughs> I think even uh, I think even Jadavian Clowney showing up on the injury report report for the Giants at this point. Um, you said it's three and a half swing for the for the Washington football team. That's what I said. No, I'm just kidding. Washington minus three and a half at home against the Giants. Give me Washington. Maybe on Washington. I think Washington's actually going to win this, like, pretty significant. Because, like, I could see this being a game where Danny Dimes, like, turns the ball over a bunch. You think so? I agree. I'm, I agree. I mean, that, that I, I is think a, that defense will shut them down pretty good. That is the a Giants Danny Dimes thing line, to do. I was going to say, the Giants' offensive line is not very good. Um and it's like Washington's defensive line is filled with freaks. And, I mean, at the end of the day, receivers are nothing if you can't get the ball off to them. So, I'll give me give me Washington here. I think that's pretty easy. It'll okay. all be about Heineke, honestly, if Heineke can put up some points. Yeah, and he's he's one of those uh, frisky football players out there. He's Well, the thing, the thing is, too, not to talk about this game too much, but the thing is, like, if you don't have much tape on a guy, he's bound to get some plays. You know what I mean? And there's not a ton of tape on this guy. Yeah, you're right. Uh, just the playoffs, really. Just big game, Taylor. Um, I'm going to agree with you guys. We'll clean sweep it. Go Washington. The Giants just had not shown anything. Again, this will be the bigger test to see what uh, Saquon looks like in this offense. If he really carries it and Danny Dimes is able to succeed off of his back, then we might have something in New York. But uh, for now, I'm going to take the proven commodity in the Washington defense and then Gibson and Scary Terry on the offensive end for Washington. Scary Terry with a couple big catches last week. Like I mean, big, he had that insane catch. catch. I, I don't know how he caught that one. Exactly. That Anyways. is a problem. Next game I got to Jeremy. We got the Cincinnati Bengals. At the Chicago Bears, the Bears, you would be surprised to find out, are favored by three points in this game. The Bears and the Bungles, huh? Bears and the Bengals. Is it at Cincy? It is at Chicago. At Chicago, Bears are favored by three and a half, you said? Favored by three. You know what? I really, really, really want to go Cincy here just because I don't think the Bears can cover all three of those receivers. 
I could see this being a big Tyler Boyd game, which actually I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about the games. Is he like the forgotten guy there? I mean, he had like three targets all last week. Um, I think for everything I just said about the Washington game, uh, that Chicago front's going to make a mess of this. And because, I mean, Cincinnati, when you watch them play Minnesota, they could cover up Minnesota's front four. But once you sent a blitz, it was a problem. And Chicago's got pass rushers. And, I mean, they got solid defenders against a very unproven Cincinnati offensive line. I could see this being a, like a – this game's going to probably be low scoring just because Andy Dalton's not going to do a whole shitload. But, you know, kind of a revenge game for him. But uh, I'll take Chicago. I'll take Chicago for sure. Really? To win by over three points? Dang. He takes the chance. All right. I think, they, I think they'll take this by a touchdown. Damn. This, okay. I get. I think this could be like this will be like a 21-23 to like fourteen or something like that. Okay, Seth. What right. do you think? Do you agree? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I agree to disagree. I'm taking the Bengals. That's taking the, bungles. the Bungles not to fumble this one away. They're gonna go Ayo. two and zero against the NFC North. Two in a row. I could see it. Like, it's it's hard to hard to go against them because I could see it, but I'm just that offensive line is not a proven commodity at all. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the hype train of the Jamar Chase Joe Burrow show, and uh, let it go for week two. Might as well, you know, go go for it. Uh, I'm taking them. Give me Cincy. Seth, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you, uh, just because they're the fun, they're a fun team to watch. Like I like my favorite teams to watch right now: Chargers, uh, the Bills when they're playing good, which obviously they didn't last week. But Cincinnati quickly becoming that team. Burrow made some excellent dude passes, certified dude there in Cincinnati, and I will take that over Andy Dalton any day. Hey, poor Andy Dalton. <laughs> Seth, this is when you drop the noise of a a wolf howl because I am lone wolf. Bang, right there. Or you could just do like a puppy, you know, yelp because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or I could just find a. Or I could just find a Bengal tiger, you know. And no, it would be a bear growl, Seth. Bear cub. There you go. You want um, Baloo from Jungle Book? On to the next game, (laughs) Seth. Here's a great line for you to choose from. And I believe, I mean, it has to be the largest line of of the week. And I'm not even sure if I agree with it. We'll see what you guys say about it. We got the Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored by 12 and a half points. Wow. The largest line of the season to date. Give me... The Browns. By 12 and a half. Give me the Browns, the Tyrod Taylor show, the Houston Texans glorious beginnings are going to come to an end swiftly this week. The Browns, they nearly took it from the Chiefs. They're angry. They're ticked. They're going to take it to Houston, give them their first loss. Baker, that defense – they're going to take it to them. I'm taking it. Give me give me two touchdowns. He wants it. I didn't know if he was brave enough. 
I didn't scare him out of it enough, apparently. Jeremy, do you agree with this wild man? 12 and a half, right? 12 and a half. Ah, shit. Um, I got to do it because, I mean, the Texans, the Texans roster is just so talent depleted. Um, it'll be interesting, but I think at the end of the day, yeah, they'll win it by two touchdowns. Double up on the brownies. Okay. I like me some brownies. Certainly comes into comes into rhyme with the uh, way I said, I think a lot of things from week one will start to level out. The Browns will start getting back to beating up on bad teams like they like to do. Uh, they had a tough fought game against the Chiefs. Uh, didn't weren't exploding off the stat sheet, but you know uh, we got Odell Beckham Jr. coming back for Week Two. You better. It's a gonna late take sit for my fantasy team. It's gonna take a couple weeks. If it does work with Baker, it's gonna take a couple weeks. I think that the Browns don't play A-plus football. And I think the Texans, again, frisky enough. Keep it within 12 and a half freaking points. I can't believe that. I think the Texans score some points at least to stay up with them. Even if Cleveland scores 30, uh, I can see Houston scoring 20. So really? Definitely not going to pick Houston in a win. Not going to do that. But I think uh, just to Rod – playing behind one of the best left tackles in the game. So he's not – doesn't have a huge issue with pass pro. Yeah, but who's the right tackle? Certainly not at the same level as a Laramie Tunsil. But I just mean to say, like, you could – there are worse offensive lines in football right now. And uh, they got themselves a running back committee. I kind of like the offense to just be able to score a touchdown or two here and there. Oh, and I just want to chime in real fast and maybe try to sway and save you. I could see this being a game where the Browns get up real early with just a couple of big Baker throws and then just melt the clock with uh, Kareem and Chubb. Which almost both, which almost comes back to say, like, maybe they don't keep it within or keep it two touchdown point differential. Maybe they get up like 20 and try to milk it out. And then the Browns score like 14 points, you know, I get to 13. Could yeah. be. That's all I'm saying. It's a large line. I'm not willing to bet it. If the if Houston stunk it up against Jacksonville, like we thought they were going to last week, uh, I would be more akin to do this. Uh, but they had it. They had enough in the tank. I think they surprised me. And I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll roll, we'll roll with it. See what happens. It's like we're rolling crap. So let's ride, let's ride it. Ride the hot hand. Moving on. Moving on. What's going on? We got the... Didn't tell you. I clicked on the wrong game. Why'd I do that? I got Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, is it start with me. Jeremy gets it. I got the I wonder who he's going with. Give it to me. I got the Rams minus 5,000 against the Carson Wentz Colts. Do you pick the Rams? I picked the Rams. 
5,001 to zero. <laughs> the Rams are only favored by four points on the road against the Colts. Uh, we'll see. It's a good All line. Right. I like the line here. Jeremy, I'm going to come out big. I'm going to come out big. I'm pretty sure last week when I picked the Rams, I think I stated. I think I stated that. I did. Stafford, four touchdowns. I stated that. I was one off. Stafford's going to throw five touchdowns this week. Give me the Rams. Wow. Five touchdowns. Give it to me. Which means I'll be wrong and he'll throw four. But give me Matt Stafford, my MVP, the Los Angeles Rams, to wipe the floor with the Carson Wentz-led Indianapolis Colts. The Colts can't put up points. You're, su- you're such a Carson hater. No he, shit, is. Huh? he is. It, it, hurt, it hurts right here. Seth, oh, it, is, it hurts right here. It hurts so good in Philly when you're wearing number one in midnight green and throwing three touchdowns and winning big in Atlanta. It hurts so good, Seth. It hurts so good. Four? What's the line? Four? Four and a half? What was it? Rams minus four. Four. Uh, give me the Rams. I'll take the Rams. Hey. I, I, I mean, really, come on. The, the Colts aren't going to do it. I think the Colts defense will play better this week than it did last week. I don't think it'll have a repeat performance of that. But I think the Rams have too much. Too much. Five TDs nice. for Stafford. Uh, no, not done. five TDs for Stafford, but uh, you're on drugs. <laughs> I mean, I think, any, I any, honestly... any given Sunday, any given Sunday, you ever seen it? Good movie. Any given Sunday, but no. I just but I'll take, I'll take last... four. I'll take four. I, I want to throw in one last. The reason I put five is because I put four last week and I was one off. I'm just assuming I'll be one off again. Um, I expect, I fully expect the Stafford. Rams offense to get better every week. I really do. I mean, so, yeah, definitely. So it's not that I necessarily disagree with you, but this is my line of thinking. But you disagree with us. If David Montgomery can run for 100 yards and score a touchdown, Jonathan Taylor can do exactly that, if not more. Jonathan Taylor is just a better running back than David Montgomery. Now – I mean, that's the truth, but yes. It's not the truth. You think David Montgomery is a better running back than Jonathan Taylor? I think they're real even, actually. I think they're really that's a close. a head scratcher. I think they're really close. Now, I want to add to that what you just said there. You think Jonathan Taylor is better than David Montgomery. Do you think Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton? Uh, he will be. and Because yes. uh, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's going to be not playing and Carson Wentz has the whole year to figure it out. So this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm not betting on Carson Wentz. I'm betting on what the Indianapolis defense should be. I'm betting on the lines on both sides for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm betting on the running game and I'm betting on some straight touchdowns to Zach Pascal. Cause it seemed like it was working out. Like that's, that was his guy. That was his go-to guy. Uh, Chris Ballard came out and said like Zach Pascal, Everyone forgets about him, but all he freaking does is catch touchdown passes. So I'm going to do this. Hopefully it just, hopefully I don't have to ride this every week. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pick the Colts week by week until they finally win 
or they or they cover the spread at least because they're a good football team all around. The only question, the only major questions for me are Carson and and what happens there. So we'll we'll wait and see. But I like I like the plus four. Uh, it's not that I don't think the Rams are going to win. I just like the chances that the Colts uh, pulling some magic here at home against a hot team. So yeah, I'm picking the Colts. I'll be the loner. That's me. That's a me. Take it from a, take it from an Eagles fan. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet anything on Carson Wentz anymore. Good thing we're not betting on the Eagles. Nah, you're betting on that stray that they got <laughs> away last offseason. All right. Um, next game, Jeremy or Seth goes to you. Based on performances last year, probably a little more even than we we all thought. We got a divisional matchup. We got the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is um the Bills are favored by three and a half points on the road after some struggles. I have my own thoughts, but this one's up to you, Seth. Three and a half Bills. Yes. Give me the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, keep lefty. it close. I, I'm lefty. not gonna. I'm not gonna go out there and say that they're gonna take it. But I'm taking the Dolphins again. Took them last week. They gave it to me. I'm gonna take them again. That defense once again is gonna shut them down. Bill struggled against Pittsburgh defense. I think it's gonna be another tough matchup. Tua getting better. That Bills defense is not quite like that. It's not as good as the Patriots. I think the I think this will be a close game. Like I said, I'm not necessarily going to say the Dolphins will win, but uh, it's going to be close. Okay, Jeremy, have you Man. been swayed one way or the other? No, not at all. Um, well, you have to choose sides. You know, I just don't think it's like everybody Dolphins- in America today. You got to choose sides. I don't think the Dolphins have the horses on defense that the Steelers do. Um, three and a half, right? Three and a half. Give me the Bills in a get-right game. I think Josh Josh Allen fumbled it twice, two, three times last week. I just can't imagine that happening two weeks in a row for, I mean, an MVP candidate last week uh, last year. I, I see this as a get-right game. I see this as a big Josh Allen game. I think this guy's going to have a couple of throwing touchdowns and maybe even a rushing touchdown tossed on there. I don't think it's going to be a big digs game. I think it's going to be a big, the rest of the spread the ball around game. But I mean, they had like three, four fumbles last week. So I just, I can't, I can't see that happening again. Um, and I've just, Seth, I know you love your lefties, but I just don't have a whole lot of faith in Tua, man. I just don't. Gotta have faith. I think it's like, uh, just like, um, forgot, I lost his name. Never mind. Moments I think if Mac Jones can go for 281 in a tutty, I think Josh Allen can probably go for 381 in three tutties. So, Jeremy, you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm taking Buffalo in a get right game. Here's one of those where I think week one. Shows its ugly face into one of these good playoff teams from last year, and they come back out and punch a divisional opponent right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. Is this a prediction yeah. for later on, Owen? Oh, 
funny you say that, but we do have a few divisional games to get through. So we'll see which ones. See I got to, I got to state something. I made the comment that the chargers are probably my team too. Seth, I think it's pretty cl- clear that your team too would probably be the dolphins with Tua. Hey, gotta love me some Tua. Owen, you got a, you got a favorite for like a two. Uh, like I said, the, uh, the chargers, the bills and the Bengals all kind of level out right now. It's the Bengals just, just from week one. Out of those teams from week one, the Bengals are my favorite team to watch. But for this case, I'm going to pick Buffalo mainly uh, for a different reason, actually, from what you said, Jeremy. I think Josh Allen is definitely going to get right, but I think it is a big digs game. Mainly, he's going to be covered by Xavier Howard, a great corner in the league. But Xavier Howard makes his bucks off of interceptions when he's not carrying the load against the number one, a big, big star number one receiver. He preyed on uh, weaker passing attacks that weren't top-heavy, weren't star-heavy. So I think Diggs, this is his way. I really kind of suspect about the Bills' supporting cast outside of Beasley, to tell you the truth. Um, Emmanuel Sanders wearing number one, by the way. Mess yeah. Up. Not, number I'm, one in our hearts. I don't think his production is up to snuff. But um, other than that, I still like the Bills – to uh, be a top team in the conference. So give me the Bills. Next oh, game. I, I hear you. I just wanted to say, I could see Diggs going like for relatively 100 yards and a touchdown, but where I, I think there'll be another guy that's doing exactly like the same amount. Because you've seen that sure. a lot last year where like John Brown had similar stats in the game. So yeah, I think it'll be Be- Beasley ends up with 12 catches, 50 yards. Yeah, it, it'll happen. Yep. <laughs> on to the um, next. On to the next. The Jeremy, I think. Yeah, yep. on to Jeremy. We got the aforementioned New England Patriots playing the fourth team in the division, the New York Jetteroonies. The battle of the rookie QBs. Another big young QB battle. Mac Jones gets the nod as the favorite on the road. Five and a half points for the Patriots. Jets are at home, though, mind you. Mikai Becton obviously is on injured reserve. Uh, their punter is on injured reserve and their kicker had to come in and he bombed a 65 yard punt in his first try. Um, they're also starting safety. LaMarcus Joyner is on injured reserve, which was a big hit. I think he's out for the year. Um, the Patriots not really running into huge, uh, injury questions last week. Actually, Damian Harris turned out to be pretty solid. Nelson Aguilar caught some balls. Got a big touchdown. Uh, what do you think? You know what? <clears throat> Battle of the rookie quarterbacks. One of these rookie quarterbacks, I, before the season started, said that he's got a really good shot at uh, rookie of the year just simply off of the situation he's in and the potential of outcome of the season for the team. I see Mac Jones having a big game here. I see Damian Harris having a big game here. I see Robert Sala getting baptized by uh, – Bill Belichick in just a simple coaching matter because he's going to be out coached just because to keep quoting this, he just doesn't have the horses. Um, the Patriots got a good roster and their roster is good enough to beat up on bad teams. And the jets are a bad team that's beat up right now. I get the feeling that this is going to be a game where one rookie quarterback throws two to three touchdowns and another rookie quarterback throws two to three interceptions. And I think New England's going to have the quarterback that throws two to three touchdowns. So give me New England plus a million. I don't even care. I'll take him. 
What's the line again, Owen? Five and a half points to the Patriots on the road. Jets at home. Give it to me. You want the I'll Patriots? take the Pats as well. I will also take the Pats, pretty much echoing what Jeremy said. Um, I mean, a better coach team, better defense. I mean, you got two rookie quarterbacks, and really that's the only similarities between these two. Um, Patriots overall, just a better team. I mean, it was such a close game against Miami. I mean, they're easily could be one and all as well. Yeah, give me give me the Patriots. Ah, I'm on the fence, and that'll tell you kind of where where I'm sitting on this one a little bit. Uh, you guys are right, fully. You guys are correct. No matter what I pick, your line of thinking is the correct way to think about this one. Uh, there's just but we know where Owen's going. There's something for me about New England having that high of a line um, really against any team. It's one of those, like, prove it to me things. You got to show me. Uh, They only scored 17 points or 16 points. Yeah, they only scored 16 points uh, on the Miami Dolphins. Um, Dolphins defense a little bit better than the Jets, but five and a half points is also a lot. So, if I had real money and I had to bet this one, I might pick the Jets just because of the the return on investment, right? Think financially. But in this sense, when I'm just strictly thinking about football, thinking with a little bit more of a clear head is uh, I just shouldn't bet on the Jets. Zach Wilson has some some sparks there towards the end. Again, Makai Becton, though, is out. He's out, out. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to bring myself to do it. Again, if this was real money and I had to bet it, I think it'd be one of those things where I'd like I'd take a chance. It'd be worth throwing that 20 spot on. But, yeah, just give me give me the Patriots to be safe. Hey, look at that, a clean sweep. Clean sweep, Rooney. Clean sweeperoonie for old Big Bill and the New England Pats. Brings us to the next game for Seth. Take as much time as you want. I'm going to skip Jeremy's opinion because I don't care about it. We're going to go no San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Perfect. I we, don't, we don't need his opinion on this one anyway. I think is a premier matchup for the week we got uh san francisco favored by three and a half on the road billy at home still an underdog kind of an interesting let up that says that vegas thinks a lot about san francisco so what do you think line one more time what was that again three and a half points to the 49ers give me the 49ers i think this will be a good game i really do Philly obviously is a better team than they were last year. Um, But give me San Francisco. Once again, San Francisco is a better team than last year as well. Healthy team. Uh, You wrinkle in some Trey Lance in there. I think it just makes it better. Uh, But health is ultimately – San Francisco is uh, potentially a top five team. I mean, postseason team, the Eagles are still kind of out on that. Uh, So give me San Francisco to cover that, though. Um, another one I'm kind of on the, on the fence about myself, 
but I'm just going to have to stick with the line isn't too crazy. Uh, Philly looked good in one game. Yep. Whereas San Francisco, you know, they're the team. They feel like they're the team they should be. Uh, even with Jimmy G starting, Jimmy G didn't look bad. No, um, definitely not. And they didn't need to rely on him either. No, they didn't. Uh, they lose their starting running back, but it's still the committee is relatively the same. Uh, 100%. As much as you'd like to have Mostert in there, you have three other guys who can carry the rock in an NFL game. So I uh, definitely not one of my biggest bets for the week. I, I just told you it's the premier game. I'm going to watch this game for sure, but I'm going to take San Francisco to win by at least four. Jeremy, do you agree? What's the what's the spread? I got the line for the San Francisco 49ers, three and a half point <laughs> favorites on the road at your Philadelphia Eagles. Give me the Eagles. I figured. I figured. I don't blame you. I I think it's more of a toss up. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. This Give game will me. be really interesting. Um, Shanahan's going to have that that Niners team prepared. And the Niners, like I said earlier, with them coming back healthy, they're just going to get better week in and week out. What will keep it interesting is that Eagles defense is for real. Like, they are for real. Um, Jalen's good enough, I think, especially with his mobility, to keep this really interesting with the Eagles offense. I think this will be a big Miles Sanders game. Um, Kittle's going to be the nightmare for for the Eagles. Like, what do, what do you do? This will be a big prove-it game for Eric Wilson and Alex. Uh, I always forget that guy's last name. Uh, the two linebackers. Anzalone are, or no, Collins? No. What's Singleton. And Singleton. Alex Singleton. It'll be a prove-it game for those linebackers and the Eagles. But I think uh, I'll go Eagles. I could see the Eagles sneaking this W out. I really could. I can, too. That's why I'll be watching it, just to make sure. Fun game. Seth, who's next? You. We can, uh, yeah, definitely rattle through the, the last half of these games quick. Uh, we got the Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Raiders. The, Raiders. the Raiders versus the Steel Curtain. Steel Curtain, fair by five and a half points at home against the Raiders. What do you think, Seth? Oh, do the Raiders make this two in a row? Crazy if they did, but I'll take, I'll take the Steelers. The Steel Curtain, phew, shutting them down. Derek Carr ain't going to be running around like that like he did against Baltimore. Uh, Taking the Steelers all the way on this. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those sloppy Pittsburgh games again. Just kind of their MO. They'll win 20 to 14, 20 to – what's the line again? Five and a half points. Yeah, give it to me. Five and a half Steelers, huh? Give it to me. Low scoring, Big Ben, that offense does just enough to get it. Defense holds it down. It's what they do. Give me Pitt. Five and a half Steelers at Steelers? At Steelers. Seth, for everything you just said, and the fact that the Steelers defense is really good, like the Ravens defense, but for different reasons. Up front, the Ravens, the Ravens front five, front seven, is just a bunch of hogs, like run-stuffing hogs, right? The Steelers isn't so much like that. It's more of like stop the run on the pass guy on the way to the pass rush guys, you know. Um, 
I think the Steelers win this, but I think the Ravens keep it. I mean, not the Ravens, the Raiders keep it within that just simply because who's covering Darren Waller. Like he's just going to yeah. continue the stare True. that he's been doing. I just don't. Uh, and like Carr loves that guy. Um, I think Darren Waller himself. And I think, uh, Gruden can put up a pretty good game plan. I think the I'm going to go Raiders. I think they keep it within. Yeah, good points. Good points. Uh, to your point, uh, if we're talking low-scoring game, a five-and-a-half-point spread wouldn't really lend itself to that. It wouldn't be favorable. But I think it's also – if you get uh, if you get blanked, though, if the defense is that good and you get blanked, then it makes sense. Um, but I'm going to roll with the Steelers myself. But the reason being, uh, to your point about Waller, I think the Steelers are actually pretty well suited. If anyone is going to stop them, I think they're pretty well suited. They got Devin Bush. Who's you mean Minka? Devin Bush and a little bit of Minka Fitzpatrick. And definitely a definitely a big mix of zone trying to figure – that's the big guy that they have to figure out, right? Waller. So, yeah. Uh, and the de- like I said, the defense is so good that I think that they make up for what Darren Waller gets advantage in a one-on-one matchup. So – for me, I'm going to take the Steelers, uh, and I also think that the offense are showing up a bit, and this is a good one to do it against the, uh, against the Raiders. So Jeremy goes Raiders. Seth and I high on the Steelers this week. Uh, let's move Was on. Was that lone wolf call right there, Seth? Yeah, more of a more of a tight, more of a tired Ric Flair is what that sounds like. <laughs> That's what I'll, uh, I'll give you that, Jeremy. I'll give you a Ric Flair. I'll, I'll take the Ric Flair. I for sure will take the Ric Flair. Another divisional matchup coming up. Jeremy, this one's for you. We got the Saints at the Carolina Panthers. Saints are favored by three and a half points. Definitely an interesting line, interesting matchup for these two teams. But the over-under tells a different story. Uh, over-under being 44. It's on the lower end of the this week's lines, meaning – they think this one's going to be a low-scoring game. Jeremy, what do you this, think? Is this in Florida again? In Carolina. In Carolina. Panthers are home. I just can't see Winston doing this two in a row. But I can is the sick thing. Like, God, but I think Christian McCaffrey is just going to go off. What was the spread again? Three and a half. God damn Man, give me um, give me New Orleans here. He wants them. Maybe the better team. Big but... question mark there. Big question mark there. Who's the better team? Is you know. Yep. Seth, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> do I do I hate the Saints now because of last week? I don't know. Part of me does. Um. I'm still a little sour on that one, but Saints by four, correct? Three and a half. Three and a half. Man, this one's tough. Currently the number one ranked defense because of the way they stifled the Cheddar Green Bay Packers in that Aaron Rodgers led. Yeah, they definitely did shred them. That's for sure. Um, Gosh, you know what? No, give me the Panthers. I'm taking them. Taking it. Give me Darnold. Give me CMC. 
Let's see. A, that, let's see that. That's let's what see we'll do. It, wild. That's what we'll do. It is if Chris, Chris McCaffrey has a big game. That's what we'll do. It, which I could see because he's just that guy's nuts. Jameis is Mr. Turnover. He didn't do it last week, so he's bound to do it this week. That's a fair point. One I did not consider, but I also just strengthens my own point that I'm going to pick Carolina. I think I teased it in the uh, fantasy free for all when I gave Seth just the tips. <clears throat> wow. You know what? I'm, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out one more thing. Like my Stafford five touchdowns. I bet you Jameis has no turn- turnovers. Okay. That's a, that's a risky bet any week though. I'm going to take it. I think he's a changed man with Sean Payton. I really think he's a changed man. Okay. I'm going to – if I got two things this week, it'll be Stafford five touchdowns and Jameis with zero turnovers. Fair enough. His big bets, his big player props of the week. Um, I like Carolina in this one. Um, I don't think the Saints got a great look at all last week. Uh, I think the Packers played – I think they just gave up halfway through the game as a team. Yep. 100%. Maybe not individually, but as a team. 100%. So, I think uh, Carolina comes out and surprises them. Uh, and holds the lead on until the end, until maybe a field goal at the end wins it. But uh, I still like the Panthers to keep it close to the end. So give me that three-and-a-half-point spread for the Panthers. Moving on, next game, we got Denver Broncos at Jacksonville Jaguars. Broncos favored by six points on the road. But it is against a Jacksonville team that struggled against who we thought was going to be the worst team in the league. Seth, your thoughts. You know, I think you just convinced me there, Owen. I I was going to pick the Jags, but you're right. They struggled big against Houston. And then with all this Urban Meyer stuff, give me the Broncos. I think Jacksonville might be the worst team in the league this year. Give me, kind give of, me Denver. Give me Denver. They're kind of playing for it. Can you imagine having back-to-back number one overall picks? Getting Cleveland your guy did that in Trevor Lawrence. Throw, didn't they? they did. But, I mean, just at this point, getting your guy in Trevor Lawrence and now next draft being free to take whoever just the best player is. And then not having to anymore. And maybe that's the right way to do it. I don't know. Seth wants the Broncos by six at least. Seth, what do you – or Jeremy, what do you say? Broncos by six. It's home, right? Jacksonville's home. Jacksonville's home. God damn. Ah. Going from the snowy Rocky Mountains to the baking in the sun, Florida temperature. Jacksonville. Duval. Um, Judy's out. Who's all out for this one? Judy's out. They've got like four guys out for the year, don't they? Or on IR? Judy's Uh, not out for the year, but he's out for six weeks. Yeah, he's on IR. Yeah. Ronald Darby is on IR. Um, but they have a, a few good corners kind of at the same level. Um, Bradley Chubb is questionable for this game, which is a big factor. If he plays, he makes a big difference. Um, well, but those I are the main the, ones. The difference for me is I could see Laura, uh, Trevor giving up a couple more picks. Von Miller will, you know, make some mess here. And Teddy just doesn't turn the ball over, you know. Um, you said six and a half? Six. God, that's what I don't like. That's too many points. It is a lot for a Denver team. How many, how many points Jacksonville score last week? 20, I think. 21. Jacksonville scored 21. Denver 21. scored. 
27. Give me Jacksonville. He wants I can't do it. Jacksonville. He, Denver will win this, but not by much. You both make excellent points. You do. You do, you do. Denver, I think, is the better team. I am not willing to bet on Jacksonville anymore, at least for the time being. Uh, I got burnt. That one stung for me last week, just watching Terod Taylor dial back on those throws. Be like, what the hell was I doing picking Jacksonville for anything? I don't think I'm going to pick Jacksonville until the instant that they win a game. I think then I'll start considering it from then on. But for now, keep me out of those bets. I'd rather take a chance on Denver here. Uh, They just – not that they're going to be even a playoff team. I just at least have some faith in them. But Jeremy's taking a chance. Seth and I staying safe. Next game. I can find it. Minnesota at Arizona. Interesting matchup, especially for the spread. We got a hot team. And we got a team who's didn't play terrible. Played terrible in some aspects. But as a team, uh, could play any – probably stay in the game against anyone. Uh, but we'll see what Jeremy's has to say. Minnesota at Arizona. I got Arizona favored by four and a half points at home. Give me Arizona. Give me Super Arizona. Play. Give me Kyler. I, this is a revenge game for Patrick Peterson. I see Patrick Peterson getting beat up by DeAndre Hopkins all day long. Um, Kyler's going to have another big game. Uh, if there was another, like, bet to throw out there, Kyler's going to have four total touchdowns, probably two passing, two rushing. I just – Minnesota is going to really let everybody down this year. I really, really, truly think that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, they'll combine for five sacks this week. I don't think one of them will do five themselves, but they'll combine for it. Minnesota's probably got the worst offensive line, if not one of the worst three offensive lines in the league. Kirk is just the most underwhelming quarterback probably of all goddamn time. Um, Delvin is, like I said, probably the most, the best north and south runner when he can get to it, which he won't this week. And uh, the only the only question mark is, like, does Steelen pull out two touchdowns out of his ass again? Probably not because Arizona's secondary is probably better than uh, since he's outside of Jesse Bates. Jefferson could have a big game if Kirk can get in the ball, but Kyler, I, I just think Kyler's going to take this game over. Dude, Zimmer's going to be fired this year. I have no doubt in my mind that Minnesota's got a different quarterback and coach next year because Zimmer's just – he's lost the team. He really – he's lost the locker room. Uh, give me Arizona to take this by literally a billion points in the desert. They're going to drop another nuke in the desert. Well, actually, last week it was in Tennessee, but they're going to drop a nuke if you get the reference on Minnesota in the desert. Give it to me. Is it because DeAndre Hopkins? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just had to spell it out for people. because I, I thought about it. I was like, are we talking like testing grounds there in Arizona, New Mexico for the, the bombs or? It's kind of a, you know, a play on words there, you know. Type there, of. sorry, sorry to ruin the joke. Actually, now that I said it like that, I'm like, oh, that's not funny anymore. Sorry, uh, Seth, <laughs> go ahead. Um, I'm gonna second everything Jeremy just said. Arizona, I think this could be one of the biggest blowouts of the week. I th- Seth, to just add to that, I think Minnesota season quickly is gonna spiral out of control. It burns me to say it because I've got a lot of 
friends and family that are Viking fans. And like, I really like Delvin. Justin Jefferson's one of my favorite players. And it's just like, like I said, I think Zimmer is going to lose a lot. Yep. I think you're in. But I uh, think- yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, like you said, they have some talented players on both sides of the ball. But it's just, it doesn't seem feel like a team to me. Like it, Zimmer, it's it's just a bunch of players playing. And it's the thing is like, you really don't know what they're building there because their offensive line is terrible. I mean, goes to show last week against Cincy, which is like, Cincy's got no name guys making tackle for loss and sacks. Like you don't even know who these dudes are. And it's like Zimmer just, even listening to him talk after like preseason games and everything like that, he's just completely lost the locker room. Kirk Coupons is not good. And I just, I, I, I really think Minnesota is going to be drafting in the top five to 10 in the draft next year. And I think it's going to be with a different coach and a different quarterback. I just, something's got to give a Minnesota because they're not, they're going to be seller dwellers for a while. I don't necessarily agree with a top five pick for Minnesota. I know that's not exactly what you said, but in this instance, I'm still waiting. I do still like what Minnesota could be. They still have a lot of their core players from the last few years when they were good. Um, just add a healthy Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson just getting better. Uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins is – Kirk Cousins, he's the Kevin King of quarterbacks where he's still starting and he's still playing because he's just barely good enough to stay on the field. Um but all that being said, I, I, I like Minnesota, just not for this specific bet against the Cardinals who are blazing hot. We'll see if – I'm not going to overreact. Well, the Cardinals could just have, on, have that huge week one burn. They're feeling good about themselves, but this could be – we'll see. It's one I'm watching. I'm not confident in. It could be something that comes back to earth. Cardinals are back to where the, where they were last year, where we all thought they were. But I'm not going to bet on the Vikings just yet. I am looking towards the future, though. If they show some signs of life, I would like to bet them in the future. Just never know. Moving on. What's going on? Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Oh. Seth. Does Give Tom Brady – Lou, oh, okay, no matter. <laughs> I'll try to set it up for you. I can't. Not this week. Well, let's see what you say about the spread. Because we okay. got Atlanta at Tampa Bay, and we got to match the highest spread of the season so far, 12 and a half points to Tampa Bay over Atlanta. Give me Tampa. He wants it. Oh, I yeah. I mean, if Philly can do what Tampa or Atlanta did, or if Philly can do what they did to Atlanta, Tampa can do it just as much, if not more. Give me Tampa. Yeah, but these two teams know each other real well, Seth. I don't care. Give me Tampa. Tampa will put a slapping on them. Slapping. It was twelve and a half, right? Correct. Tampa. Tampa. At Tampa. Home. At home against Atlanta, 12 and a half. You know what? Um, yeah, I got to take it. Um, Atlanta's defense might be worse than Dallas's. As crazy as that sounds. It's pretty bad. Their defense is pretty bad. Give me uh, the Tom Brady Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I don't know why I'm doing it. Maybe it's just to be a little bit different, throw some excitement into it. 12 and a half points is a lot. I'm going to pick Atlanta here. You just, just want to lose to, again. Is that what it is, Owen? I guess that's what it is. That's what I'm doing, isn't it? Now, what I like here is, uh, Jeremy mentioned it, it's a team that knows each other pretty well. Um, and Tampa, to me, uh, you've seen it against the Cowboys. Cow- Cowboys have almost just as bad a defense as the Falcons do. And when the Falcons connect, if the Falcons should be able to score points. They didn't last week. Uh, if they do, then I can definitely see another very, very similar game for Tampa Bay, Dallas. Tampa Bay to me, it just, they don't seem like a good team to cover that level of spread. Whereas the chiefs, I can see it. I get Tampa it. Bay, they're more like a consistently win by five team right now. Just that's just the Tom Brady way. Yeah. I so can see for me, I know it's really, it's probably a really stupid pick and I'm going to regret it the instant the first quarter ends, but uh, I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet the analytics on that one. Oh, I lost my, hold on. I lost my games. Oh no. Give me, give me back my games. Here we go. Next game, Dallas. At Los Angeles, do they make some kind of record for scoring in the last 10 years? I can see it, to be honest. Over under 55, highest of the week. Is this, uh, oh, this is me. I start. You what's, start the line, what's the line I, again? I got the Chargers minus three at home against Dallas. Uh, absolutely, 100% give it to me. Stone Cold lock of the week. Um, no, that would probably be Arizona, to be honest, would be my lock of the week. Um, but this is probably pretty close. I, I, like we talked earlier, I think this will be high scoring, but the chargers have a lot better defense than Dallas does. And I think they'll do enough to slow them down. And plus it's only three. So yeah, give it to me. Chargers for sure. Jeremy, go ahead. For everything Seth just said, and simply my fact, my love for Derwin James, the Chargers, and uh, and hate Herbert the Cowboys, and my absolute hatred, disdain, Burnham and Hell for Jerry Jones and his shitty ass Dallas team. Give me the Chargers and everything, everything non Texas. Chargers are gonna wallop them. I get, uh, I get the feeling this will be a big Derwin James Chargers defense game. Okay. You see, Leal Collins was suspended. I did. Yeah, he was. Yep. Troy Bosa. <laughs> Could be. Um, all right. We got, yeah, Leal Collins is out. Randy, Randy Gregory is also out. Michael Gallup, injury reserve. Um, yeah. Oh, and I just – I wonder if this is a game where Dak's trying to do too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could say that for me, like I already mentioned a couple times, I think this is going to be points, 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 points. But the thing about it is 45 to 30 is still a high scoring game. And that's what I see here. That's what I see here. Uh, I see a lot of points to a lot, a lot of points. You think Dallas has got the ability to put up 30 on a, you know what? I just, yeah. Dallas has got the ability to put up 30 on basically anybody. So yeah, I can see what you're saying. But yeah. And a couple with the ability to drop, to lose by 20 still, even if they <laughs> score 30. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So 
that's what I'm riding with. Uh, I think we're all – see, that's the thing is, like, when you get these high-scoring games, a, a shorter line like that really lends itself uh, and goes in your favor. So we're, we're all strong on the Chargers here. Uh, last afternoon game, we got Tennessee at – excuse me, Tennessee at Seattle. Uh, interesting game. See if it's a bounce back for the Titans. Seattle is favored by five and a half at home, Jeremy. Say that one more time. Five and a half points. Seattle favored at home against the Titans. Cool. Also, let it be known, just one point differential in the over-under compared to Dallas and L.A. I said Dallas and L.A. is going to be super high scoring. Vegas thinks this is just as high scoring. So – San, uh, Seattle is favored by five and a half to the Titans. Yes. No, I'm going Titans. I don't see them having the – they don't have the ability to slow down Henry, I don't think. Not quite like uh, the Cardinals do. Because I can't think of really anybody on that defense that's going to do anything besides Wagner and Jamal. Um, I think Derrick Henry's going to have a – he's not going to have like a crazy 200-yard performance, but he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of carries. Um, this game will be tight, I think. You know, shit. Because DK and those guys could just go freaking off. The Titans' defense sucks. Give me the Titans. I got, what is, My turn what is it again? It's five and a half? Five and a half. God My damn. turn yet? You know what? Come back to me. Seth, go Steph, ahead. Seth, convince him. Convince him, man. Seattle all the way. This should be my lock 3.0. One way to stop Derrick Henry. Throw the ball, make them down by a lot of points, force Tannehill to throw the ball as well. That's what they did last week, and it worked. They had to – Tannehill had to throw. They abandoned the run game. Kind of. I mean, it's Derrick Henry. But Play Seattle can do that. Work. Yeah. yeah. Seattle can do the same. I mean, they're going to light up Tennessee's defense. Russell Wilson, DK, Lockett, like you said. They're going to put up three touchdowns in the first quarter. I mean, they're going to abandon the run we're, game. So, we're Seattle all the way. Seth. Where I agree with you is everything that Seattle's offense is going to do, yeah. But Derrick Henry's going to bust through that defensive line repeatedly. But if they're down by 21 points in the second quarter, they're not going to be running the ball. I get what you're saying, but he's the best player on the team. you got to give him the ball. You're right. That's, Absolutely. Give me Titans. i got to stick with it. Give me Titans. I, I just can't do it. Give me Seattle. Lock it up, Owen. Lock it up. <laughs> Jeremy wants the Seahawks. Is that what you said? You switched it? No, no he's I'm taking sick Titans. Oh, you're saying I get Titans. it. I get it. I just, I think Derrick Henry, there's, he's going to bust off two carries this game. There's no way. Derrick Henry's that type of back that, unless you stop him right at the line of scrimmage, he's going to pick up steam. He's going to get going. And they don't have the guys to stop him at the line of scrimmage in Seattle much as I want to see the Titans level it out, and I think they play much, much, much better, um, the first eight weeks of the season is where Seattle just kills teams. So I'm going to say by a touchdown, Seattle wins. I, I think Seattle wins, but I think this one's really close. You could be I right. Get you. I do really get you guys. I like the line. I like the line a lot. It's right It's right where I would put it, too. Um Kind of makes you play for that touchdown. So we'll move on. Seth and I go Seattle. Jeremy goes Tennessee. Uh, Sunday night game. We got a good one, ladies and gentlemen. We got Kansas City Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens. 
that's where it gets good. Kansas City is favored by three and a half points on the road. Uh, we're looking at, I mean, the over-under is the exact same as Dallas Chargers. So we got a few good high-scoring games to cap off the week. A um, couple notes, Marcus, obviously we all, we all know about the Ravens injuries. Uh, Jimmy Smith is still questionable. Derek Wolf also questionable. Uh, on the Kansas City side, Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark are both listed as questionable. Um, other than that, Seth, what are we looking at? This one's tough. I really want to go Baltimore here, but I'm going to stick with Casey. Three and a half, right? Three and a half. I'm going to stick with Casey, but I, I think this will be close. I think it's going to be a good game, probably a one possession game. I could see a touchdown or so, um, but I'll take Casey to take three and a half. I think they're just going to put up too many points. It's just not going to be enough for Baltimore. So I'm going to go KC, and I think this is actually going to be – like I think they're going to score kind of easy. If you can't stop Darren Waller, you can't stop Travis Kelsey. And as much as you've seen wide receivers like Brian Edwards, who they, they keep on saying is like the new T.O., and I mean I'm starting to believe it. Um, and then Zay Jones, these guys are just like running over the top on the Ravens' defensive backs. That tells me Tyreek Hill is going to go for like 200 and two touchdowns. Give me, give me Casey. I, I, I just don't see the Ravens. have just had dudes running by their secondary, which was just weird to me. Um, I get now playing the Raiders is a little different than playing the chiefs, but there's no way KC doesn't, doesn't eclipse this. Like there's just no way to me. I agree. I'm going Kansas city. Not going to think too much. The line's close enough for me to take this bet. Uh, but I think big, big points. Uh, I think a big Lamar game, uh, maybe a fumble, maybe a key fumble, just like last week, keeps it from being close. Uh, within striking distance for Baltimore, at least, I think Kansas City keeps its uh, uh, keeps it an arm's length away the whole time. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. The big Lamar game, uh, the at Chiefs least don't have enough defense, you know. Yeah, it'll it'll at least be fun to watch, even if it is like a ten point game. Um, now moving on to the Monday night Manning game, Detroit at Green Bay. Go, Pat, go. Green Bay coming off the worst game we've seen, I mean, not even in a year because they did it against Tampa Bay in the regular season last year too. So it's kind of embarrassing to have to do that. But Green Bay is favored by 10.5 points for their first home game. Really? game against the Detroit Lions, who came storming back against the 49ers in the fourth quarter. Could they re- replicate that type of magic? Jeremy. What's the line again? Ten and a half to the Packers. At home. At home. You know, I really, really, really want to bet on uh, Rodgers and that defense in a get-right game, but I don't think by ten. I just don't think it'll be quite by 10. I think uh, it's Dan Campbell. That's the coach's name in Detroit, right? Yes. I just don't see him getting beat that bad at all this year, even with that type of matchup. I think Packers will win this, but not by 10. Give me the Lions to keep it closer than that. Okay. I too much fight, Detroit. going to agree with Jeremy. 
Uh, Lions, simply put, this is uh, a team that knows two teams that know each other. Detroit always plays Green Bay tough. I feel like every year it's a close game. I mean, seems like Green Bay has to like just pull it out at the very end to win it. And here too. I mean, 10 and a half is a big spread. Um, and Green Bay's going to have to prove it this week for me, especially um, that they can, that they can do this. So I'll, I'll take Detroit to, to cover that. To me, um, this game replicates the scene in Billy Madison when they're playing dodgeball. Billy's not having a great time at the start. He comes back out after recess and talking to Miss Lippy. After he got made fun of by the little kids. He gets a ball thrown at him and he catches it and he's like, now you're in big trouble. Green Bay's pissed. I hate this analogy. I hate it. <laughs> I love it. Makes me want to take Green Bay. Detroit, you know, coming off a loss, but a, a loss that they tried their hardest. Played their hearts out so they know they can. Green Bay got absolutely embarrassed, and they have to listen to everybody talk about it for a week. Uh, I don't think that Detroit has a chance in hell this week. Um Of course, I would love to see it as a fan. I just think you pair the ass whooping the Packers got with Detroit having a great game, even in a loss. Um, I think, yeah, I I just think it's, it's going to be insurmountable. I think Aaron Jones has a big day. I think Rodgers has a couple touchdowns, but I think this is like a big Aaron Jones, feed him the rock, give him the ball on screens, find him in the passing game. Uh, and the defense just has to start freaking showing up. So Green Bay by a thousand. My one big worry would be Devontae Adams and not having a Cuda on the other side. Um, I think it'll be like a big Rodgers game, like a three touchdown Rodgers game. But I just don't see the Lions like I don't see them rolling over. I don't think that's the Dan Campbell team. I think these guys are going to put in some fight. I oh, think I don't. Packers win it. I don't. Th- I don't think they roll over. I just think they just. I don't think. It's just not in the cards for him. Okay, and you said you mentioned Akuda. Akuda is out for the yep. year He's now. He's ACL. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, he did. I just, I I like the Packers to win, but I don't like the Packers to just shut the door on this. I don't think your guys' defense has got that in them right now. I think the Lions kind of pull like what they did last week and storm back, but not enough late. You know. Yep. We shall see, my friendo. That completes the games. Beautiful. Awesome. That's week. To trivia, or sorry, my bad. Week two line is right. Love it. I hope we end on a good note as well for next week. All right. Once again, I got some trivia for you guys. Just to end the show. As always, I'll have a couple questions. This is some week one trivia from last week. Um, so question one. I got two questions. I'll try to find two questions each week for you. That relate to the previous week. So, Russell Wilson was sacked three times on Sunday versus the Colts. The 18th time since 2019 he has been sacked three times in the game. Who is the only other quarterback since 2019 who has more three-game sacks against? 
pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Wardy. Wilson was Very sacked Wardy. three times on Sunday versus the Colts. That was the 18th time Russell Wilson was sacked three times in a game since 2019. Only one other quarterback has been sacked more time, more three game sacks since 2019. Only one other quarterback. Is it Derek Carr? Who is that quarterback? Is it Derek Carr? Owen says Derek Carr. Jeremy. Three names came to my head immediately. Um, Wentz is one of them. Yeah, is that your answer? Yeah, give me once. Once is correct. Yep. Once was also much. sacked three times on Sunday, and that was the 20th time since 2019. Nice. Dude holds onto the ball way too much. Yeah. All right. Question two. Maybe. Uh, never mind. That'd be too much of a hint. All right. Trey Lance became the first quarterback to throw a touchdown pass on his first career pass since this quarterback did it in week 10 of the 2010 season against the Chiefs. 2010, week 10, Chiefs against re- the Chiefs. I'll repeat the question. Trey Lance became the first quarterback since this quarterback to throw a touchdown pass on his first career pass attempt since this quarterback did it in week 10 of the 2010 season against the Chiefs. Blaine Gabbert. No way. I get the I get the feeling it was somebody in division 2010, 10 years ago. That wasn't Jay Cutler. Week 10, uh-huh. by the way. Not week one, but week 10. Late in the season. Who would have done it? You know what? I'm gonna throw a real wonky name out there. Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. You say and Owen says Blaine Gabbert. Is that your final answer, Owen? Yeah. Neither of them are correct. Give us a hint. Give us a hint. Um, geez, he didn't start the he didn't start the season right away. Obviously, week ten. Um, still in the league? No. Well, for a short period of time. Team or division? Was he in the division? Same Chiefs. Yeah, it was the division. Yep, division opponent. So Broncos. I, I don't know what else that I can give away. Um, so Broncos, Raiders. That wouldn't charged. be uh, too much of a giveaway. 2010 Raiders and Chargers, Owen. Not the, not the Chargers because they had Rivers. So right. 2010 Raiders or Broncos. It's a freaking Tebow. Tebow, Tebow, <laughs> Tebow, Tebow. You and your lefties. You betcha, baby. Tebow mania right there. Tim Tebow, like that it. is correct, sir. Threw a touchdown in his first career pass. Went on to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, only to lose to Tom Brady. No he wonder played. it was such a question mark if he's still in the league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my only thought process was like I, I didn't think of any other quarterbacks or rookies that year, but I knew it was Cam. That was Cam's like he got drafted first, and then I knew Blaine Gabbert was the only other quarterback I could think of that, that was Cam got drafted first in 2011, though, right? 
I think it was 2010. Pretty God, sure. I think, was, I think he was a year after T-Boy, yeah. I thought. But I yeah, that's that's why when you asked me if he was still in the league, I had to I had to think about that for a second. Because I was gonna be like, no, no, no. And then I was like, well, yeah, no. It was 2011. Okay. Okay. Yeah, next year. I was gonna All say right. I thought they were a year apart there, because uh that Florida controversy or whatever was Cam. Cool. All right. Well, that's the Sam, show. Sam Bradford year. Okay. Oh Sammy Bradford. All right. Well. Oh, and next week, I'm gonna be in a better mood. I promise. We'll be fresh um, off. We'll be fresh off the W. I'll be feeling better. Nobody'll be attacking Aaron Rodgers anymore, Jeremy. Um, but yeah, be feeling good. I'm with you. All right, Jeremy, did you win fantasy this week? Just both of them. Hey, look at that! Look at that! I went one for three. Oh, and I'm ticked. I scored a hundred. All right, so I scored 160. That's the that's the league I won. And then the other two leagues, I scored 139. No joke, 139 in both, and I lost both. You lost uh, both? Pretty much 140 points, and I lose them both. Oh, and who's, uh, who's Deegan's? Because they got their ass picked. D-Gens is, uh, is uh, Bowen Olsen. So I'm going to continue to call him Deegan's just because I kicked his ass so bad. And then that's my other league. Nah, nice. go, go suck a fart. I'll, I'll stick up for that guy. <laughs> Oh, and he put up 64 points. The only reason you're sticking up for him is because he's got Rodgers on his team. So, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm sticking up because I'm a voice for the voiceless, and you're just a big bully. And you're going to lose to uh, the You Shall Not Pass team. Not you, sh- you Chenault Pass team, sp- spelled LaVisca Chenault. Thank you. Nice. I nice. appreciate it. Wait, is that who I'm playing this week? No, I'm no, playing team. no. I'm playing team fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a salty dalty team. Um <laughs> and I went, I went uh I went three for three. I went I won a I won a couple by single digits, but I went three for three. I, I lost one of my leagues, the league that I run, one of the leagues that you're in. Um because uh Justin Tucker hit that field goal at the end. Yeah, nice. Lost by, a point. Lost by a point because of that. Is Curtis Samuel really on IR already? He is. He is. It's, it's not season ending. It's one of those like four to six weeks, whatever kind of thing. So he'll be yep. back, but it's going to be a few weeks. So. Yep. All right. Well, good luck to everybody this weekend. Good luck to your fantasy teams. Good luck to your real teams. Um, for those who are 0-1, best of luck to you. Good luck. Best of luck to you. Hey, I need it. All right. I score a lot of points and I still lose. That's just my fantasy. Um, this is how I roll. Just well a said. terrible fantasy player, apparently. I can never win. All right. Adios, everybody. Adios. I know. Good board. Go, birds. Adios. That dude is a guy. That guy yeah, is a dude. <laughs> <laughs>